there's a flip side to that coin. What if you do got me boxed in? Then I gotta put you down. Because no matter what, you will not get in my way. We've been face to face, yeah. But I will not hesitate. Not for a second. Maybe that's the way it'll be. Yo, ladies and gentlemen, we back. (laughs) Yes, sir. It's your boy, Big H, Silverback Chronicles podcast. I got my boy, Dre. What's up, my people? Yo. Hope everybody's doing well. Bar. Listen, everybody, this is episode 43. 43. Ooh. Yo. Killing that Rosetta Stone. Yo, it's getting there. You hear me? I'm telling you, I'm about to go your teaspoon away from going crazy. (laughs) Yeah. It's about to go down, baby. I'm getting better. You hear me? Like a glass of fine wine, baby, getting better over time. But ladies and gentlemen, how we doing? I'm glad you uh glad to be back against your boys. We're here, episode 43. Listen, we got a phenomenal episode for you tonight. Chris, can I get one? I need a bomb one more time, please. Yeah, one more. Uno mas. Listen, our special guest is amazing. I mean amazing. The man knows what he's talking about. Not only does he know what he's talking about, he's been through it. He's lived it. Listen. Has done it. We've got a mental toughness expert in the house tonight. Not only is he a mental toughness expert, he also is an author from a phenomenal book, which is called The Emotional Marine. Mm. So what I mean by Marine Listen We got a fire episode tonight You hear me Marine with feelings What? Fearless The guy's been there and done that He could spit a hot 16 About life and everything That he's been through And it's amazing Listen It's about to be insane tonight Yeah, Yeah 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 Okay so sit back Relax. Strap, strap up. Strap up. Sip on your best drink. And uh, open up your ears because we're about to make love to them. You hear me? But first and foremost, let's get our sponsors out the way. Starbucks. Starbucks USA. Tell them about it. If you don't know, we say it every week. Go get that for your pistol. If you got an AR, listen, they got brand new colors. It's perfect to put away 
Keep away from the children. And don't forget your boys here. You get a discount. All caps, Silverback Podcast. And that's 20% off any purchase. Nobody else getting that discount. Nobody else getting it. Nobody. (laughs) Except your boys here in blue. We give you 20%. Okay. Also, I want to give a shout out to my brother, JB. Uh, everybody support his podcast. It's called JB vs. Everybody. And it's uh, on all platforms. Anchor, iPhone, iTunes, everything. That's everybody? Word. JB vs. Everybody. Okay, JB, I see you. He just has <laughs> conversations with any and everybody, what you want to talk about. And he gives you the platform to voice your opinion. I like it. I like it. But ladies and gentlemen With no further ado Dre you got anything else You got any shout outs I got nothing man I just want to dive right into it just want to get right into it I'm excited I just want to I'm excited I'm ready to go Let's do it man So ladies With no further ado Okay Our mental toughness Mental toughness expert Author Of the emotional marine Yours truly He's the man Ladies and gentlemen Eric Ritmeyer Yes sir that was legit. I'm proud of you. You like that? That was legit. I wish it would be like, Wah! but we don't have that stuff. Yet. That was officially the craziest intro ever in my whole entire life. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Eric is the man. Eric, what's up, baby? What's up, baby? I I can't explain how happy I'm to be here right now. Oh man, we really appreciate you. Coming it's a through. pleasure you being here. This is about the best place I could possibly be. And with an intro like that, I have to change my whole intro. Like, oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm going to redo it. What? Especially with the whole ladies in the ears thing. Like, oh, there you go. Yeah, I got to do that. Oh, yeah. there's, right. there's, there's, there's definitely ladies that are listening. Absolutely. Likey. <laughs> <laughs> but no further ado, Mr. Ritmeyer, please. If the world don't know, they they always know, but they're going to know more now. They're going to know definitely. Everybody in China, Japan, Cali. Dominican Republic. Right. Cuba. Cuba. Costa Rica. Puerto Rico. Que lo que? (laughs) Wah, wah, wah. (laughs) Please tell the world, where are you from? Born and raised, sir. What are we doing? I'm a Baltimore boy. Nice. Nice. Not in the city. I grew up in Parkville. Don't matter. It's Baltimore. Yeah. It's Baltimore. 410. Nice. And it's funny because a few of the spots you just hit, I lived. I was overseas in Okinawa, Japan. Oh, okay. I spent the year over there. I was in Cali for two years. Southern nice. California. Dope, dope, dope. Oh, right by LA. I had a good time out there. I used to work some concerts. We had a good time out there. They wanted the Marines out there working the concerts. We used to work the pit. <laughs> they put us in the pit. There'd be all kinds of crazy people. I was mosh pits. Everybody's going crazy. We like right. people piss us off. We throw them in the pit. I nice. did the mosh pit one time. I, I had to. Did you? I've only went to one concert. Um, I've always said my first concert was going to be Metallica. Ooh. So it was Metallica in Giant Stadium. Oh, shit. In 2010. And you're alive to talk about it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I barely walked away. I barely walked away. It was insane. <laughs> Shout out to my boy Sal. Long time I haven't spoken to him, but wow. he's like, "Hey Trey, oh, we're gonna go." And I'm like, "I'm in there." <laughs> and when I got there, I was like, oh. "I was like, I was not ready for this." He's like, "Yo, man, we got a mosh pit, man." I'm like, "What?" He's like, "You gotta do it." I'm like, "Bet." We start doing the, you know, the the walk, and then it's like 
You just get hit from all angles. But you know what's crazy? Probably one of the most. That's probably the my favorite moment of feeling alive. That is the most alive I felt. You just but, let it all out. And you hear Enter Sandman coming on right here. Like, yeah, how yeah, do you right? not like break down walls? Look at this. Right. Lose a couple teeth. Get out the way. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, thank God. I mean, I, I mean, my lips are big, but I ended up with a fat. Watch lip, your mouth, son. Take it easy. <laughs> Jesus my Christ! God. Already, I gotta work on Monday, guys. Take it easy on me. <laughs> right, I gotta work Jesus. on Monday. Jesus Christ! <laughs> no, but um, okay. Yeah, I got. I, I mean, I didn't walk away unscathed, but I got a little hurt. But it was dope. You know what's crazy? You say that too, Dre. Like, I live lots of places, been lots of places. I got to tell you, Baltimore's got something special, and this is for real. Like, I definitely been, does. It absolutely does. Like, people don't get that anywhere mm-hmm. else you go. Like, Baltimore, they call it Smaltimore, obviously. People don't get, like, what they have here. Like, the 410, like, everybody's kind of like hardcore. I met people from all different places, lived all different places. Nobody has the kind of camaraderie we got in the city. Mm-hmm. Even if it's, like, not even hardcore, like, grew up in the city, like, I was Parkville outside, I was in the county, whatever. Anybody who's within, like, a 10 mile radius gets it. Like been there, done that kind of thing. Nobody else has that. For sure. There's no like there's nothing that brings you back to it. And they say about it, believe it or not, eighty percent of people end up dying within a five mile radius of where they grew up. Mm. Yeah, like eighty percent of people. I mean, like you might go away and come back. So I tell my kids, they're like, Oh, I want to go away to school and all that. I'm like, you don't get it. Like when you go somewhere you're not used to, you don't get it until you do it. Like when you walk in a grocery store and you don't know anybody, when you go to the mall and don't and nothing's normal, whatever. Home is where the heart is. Right. And people mm-hmm. end up coming back to where they grew up. And I mm. think Baltimore, especially people, you go away, you're going to come back. It's just going to happen because right. Baltimore is an awesome place to live. We got something special. Yeah, we have to keep talking about that. I used to go to Massachusetts when when I was dating my wife and asked for Old Bay. They looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> Start playing some Enter Sandman or like, hey, look. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, born and raised in Parkville, how was that experience for you growing up? I loved. It. I grew up with my grandparents. Nice. So my dad kind of rolled out when I was a kid. I grew up with my grandparents and. Same here. Right. Same same with you. But shout out to him because I've talked to him now. Absolutely. And you know what's crazy? We talked about, obviously, before we came on here, we talked about this, but it's the it's the family structure that's so important. Mm. And for boys especially, it's having that male role model. It doesn't have to be the biological father. Yes, sir. It could be the mailman. Absolutely. Police officer, school teacher, right. coach, whatever. That's what's missing so much right now as, as a whole. Right? Mm. Family first, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's like when you look at anybody, like I didn't even ask you guys this question, but I can almost guarantee you this. You guys had strong male role models in your lives. Whether right. Again, don't have to be a biological father. It was my grandfather for me. Mm-hmm. Every single game he was at, like he wanted me to play baseball. He's like, please play baseball. I played, I played, I played. I came in one day. I'm like, I don't play baseball anymore. I play lacrosse. You do look like a baseball player, though. <laughs> you do. You look like a second baseman. <laughs> he said a second baseman. Better than like a catcher, right? Or like the water boy. Like so, you still strip on the side, too, bro. That's right. You got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. Right. I got teenage daughters, bro. I got to do what I got to do. You got to pay no the bills, shame. baby. No shame in my game. With that right. bull head, you know what I'm saying? It's over. <laughs> With the guns out? That's it, son. <laughs> yeah, son. You know what I'm saying? Hello. Look at Strong. So it's that male role model. Oh, no. here we go. Was that, was that, was that Rod Stewart or something? He mm. got Nagafana Sandman and Rod Stewart. <laughs> Damn. You are cultured. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, it's like it's that male role model, right? So my grandfather didn't want me playing lacrosse. and we playing baseball. Mm. He still came to every damn one of my games. Mm. Packed up the goals, chased the balls. He didn't want me doing it, still supported me. Kids need that. 
kids need somebody that they know that their world revolves around that person. Right. And again, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be a biological father. Just give them somebody. And when you look at the kids who grow up in those environments with, with adult figures who truly, really sincerely love them, they end up being successful. They end up having families that are, you know, that are very loving and caring and, and kind. That's what's missing, right? That's what's missing right now. And that's Absolutely. what's very upsetting to see. I agree. It's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. This is missing across the country. It is. It's a lack of the family structure. And I, I, get, I catch a ton of heat for this. And I talk about lack of fathers in the households. The cities with the biggest problems. Why Baltimore, catch, Chicago. Now, let me ask you, why do you catch heat for that? Because people say that house kids can still end up totally fine, even if they don't have two parents. Absolutely not. Because when my father left, I wowed out. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, if it wasn't for my mom's brother, my my uncle, who I love to death, you know, Sergeant Ross' father, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for him, who know, I probably would have had seven felonies on me. Because mm-hmm. he was the one that was like, yo, you better chill out and... You know what I'm saying? It takes the one person. That's what I'm saying. And As I, was, a boy. I was scared. He was six feet tall. Yes. You know, just a massive man, you know, and he, he kept us all in line. And they need that. That fear needs to be there. You know Absolutely. what I mean? They need that. And the boys don't have that especially. And I think the reason I catch heat to answer your question, I think the reason I catch heat for that is because when I say it, people say, okay, so what you're saying, moms can't raise kids. And I'm absolutely not saying that. They can do an, an amazing job. They definitely can. But let's just cut through the crap, right? right. Males and females parent differently. Absolutely. 100%. A mom is going to parent with more compassion, with more explaining, with more elaboration, with this is why you shouldn't, this is why you shouldn't do that. Whereas the father's going to be like, push you into the pool. You got to learn how to swim, bro. Yeah. Teaches you critical thinking skills, teaches you how to think on your feet. Not right, not wrong, not good, not bad. It's just they complement each other. So when you're missing one, it's 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 lopsided. Absolutely. It's just, just not there. And again, it doesn't have to be the biological father. It just has to be somebody that that child knows. They need love, attention, and affection. That's what a child needs. Yeah. And they also need a phenomenal ass whipping yeah. that some moms can't give because the father will give that. You're right. You got to learn. You got. There's nothing wrong with tough love. And there's nothing. Listen, if you mess up, okay, we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. Not a problem. Not, not to get too personal, you know, what I just said. You know, my father left. I talk to my father now. We're cool. My uncle, my father, boom. But when I came to Maryland, I met his father. Mm-hmm. Truck. Mm-hmm. Who, Truck, say no more. You know, <laughs> say no more. Who, who's a stand-up man. Like, Love it. Stand, I, I cannot... I ask him every day, like, yo, what's up? How's so he pops, doing? yeah. Because when he, when he sees us together, he sits us down. And even, we're grown men. He's 30, I'm 39. He sits us down, he's like, look. He lays it down, like, this is what y'all doing. You know what I'm saying? And this is what society needs, like what you're seeing. It's the camaraderie. It's the oh, lack absolutely. of that. And it's, I love every bit of it. Yeah, It's that cultural fabric that brings everybody together. And that's what police force, military, law, anything, first responders, it's that common fabric. It's the common thread. It used to be religion years ago. Mm-hmm. Religion used to bring everybody together. We don't have that anymore. Right. So now there's nothing. Everybody's going in a million different directions with nothing to call it home base. Right. As a kid, we had these games we play. Home base, right? You're, you're safe at home base when you play. There's no home base anymore. Right. Like, everybody's just going a million different directions. It's more about social media than social interaction. Kids aren't taught how to communicate. They're not taught how to deal with adversity. They're not taught how to deal with somebody that they don't like. Like, look, this is real life. And I catch crap for this too. Mentor military service. You're 18, got to go. It's what you got to do. You don't have to take a rifle and go shoot and throw grenades, but national service, go work at a park, go somewhere for two years that you learn how to deal with people that you normally wouldn't get along with. Mm-hmm. People that come from different cultures, people that come from different backgrounds, deal with it because that's real life. 
You can't just be angry at somebody and decide you're not going to go to work anymore because you don't like somebody. Absolutely. Learn how to work with it. I agree. There's too many rebels without a causes out here. That's right. You got to deal with it. Like that suck it up buttercup, right? Right. And we don't get that. <laughs> I like that. For suck real. Suck it up buttercup. Because that's the older generation. Like I'm a lot older than you guys, right? So I'm 46, right? So like even with my, you, you talk about deterioration and stuff. Like there's a major deterioration. And even from when I was a kid compared to now, right. it's like now there's no, and I'm, I personally have never laid a finger on my kids. I don't, mm -hmm. I, I, that's not the way I parent. If somebody wants to do that, I respect that. It's like people who hunt. I don't hunt. I can't kill stuff. Mm -hmm. I can't. Like animals, I can't kill them. I'm not going to hate on you for being a hunter. It's what you do. Go out and do your thing. Mm -hmm. Same thing with raising a kid. If you feel that that's what's in the best interest of your child, I respect that. And there's a line, obviously. You can't abuse your child. Of course. But yeah, if it comes yeah. down to- I don't mean to like, beating it, like beating them up or nothing sure. like that. You know, straighten them up. I 100% agree that's with it. that. Oh, in my house, I, uh, yeah, well, I whack them up. <laughs> you said whack. It's like that whack -a whack, whack. I'm down with that. And you look you know, at like old school for me, stuff. Though, that's for me though. Yeah. That's for you. Everybody's different, right? And there's a fine line there. So yeah. it's like obviously I'm not abusing, and that's the problem. People are like, oh, you smack your kid, you're abusing your child. No, I'm disciplining my child. Absolutely. And there's a difference between the there's two. There's a huge difference. There is. Huge and you difference. look at the old school people the way it used to be, there was that common respect. It didn't matter to me. If you were older than me, you got my respect. Abs hands down. It didn't matter to me. You're in a grocery store. You're a police officer. You're a school teacher. It doesn't matter to me. You're some random, you're a guy on the corner that's begging for money. You're older than me. You get my respect. Guess what now? Nope. nope. We, I automatically assume everybody hates me. Automatically assume everybody wants the worst for me. That's how we treat everybody. That's a bad situation. Absolutely. Nobody hates anybody. We all right. have the same damn core psychological blueprints. We're just different variations. We all want love, kindness, compassion, care, and empathy. That's all we want. But the media makes us think we hate each other. I'm going off on a tangent. No, no, no. Spit that, man. Spit that, baby. You know, you, you're, you're really speaking on what society needs to hear. It's a lot of anger. Seriously. Fabricated hate. Fat. Ooh. That's what it is. Nobody hates anybody at the core. Who do you hate when you're a kid? The boogeyman? Right. Naps? I hate taking naps. Yeah, Freddy Krueger. Right. Freddy Krueger. Oh, everybody hates Freddy Krueger. Michael Myers all day. <laughs> right. You hit a ch 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 For me, it was... Uh, oh, for me, it was... Uh, <laughs> Jason. <laughs> I'm not going to sleep tonight. Right. That was for, some freaky stuff. Hell me, yeah. I didn't... I, I was cool with all of them. For me, it was um, the dude from Texas, Texas Ching. Chainsaw Massacre. Massacre. That was like a legit guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he was Pretty legit. cool. I knew he was fake. Everybody else was fake. This dude actually did that, and they never caught him. So I was like, yeah, I don't like him. But you know what's freaky about Freddy Krueger? What? He came out when you were asleep, right? Yeah. So like your mind starts thinking about it, and you go to bed, you start dreaming about him because your mind plays games on you, right? That's what always freaked me out. I was like, I can't go to sleep. Whoever thought of that movie is like, that's some creepy stuff. They're like, yeah, yeah I don't want to be level. near that person. That's Wes Craven, right? Yeah, I think Wes, 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 Wes Craven. Craven. Yeah, yeah, Wes yeah Wes you're Craven. right. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Damn, you know every... Ooh. Michael Dude, Myers. see that right there. Hear That's that? Michael, yeah. yeah. He, he don't, yo. Michael? Triple, triple C don't mess around. He don't nah. mess a beat. Nah, I'm not trying to mess that music. Like, Air <laughs> Sandman? Air Sandman back there? I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> trying to mess with Michael Myers. <laughs> no, but go back to what you're saying. Like, please elaborate. It's fabricated hatred. Right? The problem is we, we innately do not dislike anyone, but we're just being raised to assume that everybody wants to worsen us. And that's not the case. Right. Like we love each other. We want to be with each other. The problem is, and the way I personally believe, especially with media, they play a very big role in this media wants to instill this, this, this hate and this mass confusion. Why do they want to instill in confusion? Because confusion prevents unity. Absolutely. And without unity, there can be no clarity. Divide and conquer. Exactly. So if we can prevent unities, if we can just stop that from happening, which the media does, if we can stop that, we stop clarity. So if we just automatically make people think that we're supposed to dislike each other, 
that translates into everybody automatically assumes we dislike each other. Yeah, chaos. Chaos. Because with chaos and confusion, they know that there's no, that, that's the whole issue. And the people allow this to happen. It fulfills their need. It does fulfill the need. And the issue, and I hate to say this, but it all does boil down to politics. Absolutely. You look at all this COVID stuff, all this kind of stuff. If you look at the facts on anything, the facts cut through all the crap. But nobody wants to look at facts. No. All that matters now is what we feel in our hearts. It doesn't matter what we see with our eyes. Right. It right. only matters what we feel in our hearts. Absolutely. That's dangerous. Why is that? Why as you know, we're super advanced. Like we're we're embarking onto five G. Mm-hmm. Why are we still emotional? Why are we not thinking with the facts? Because humans are innately hardwired to feel first and think later. It's part of our evolutionary advantage. Is what we do. We have no control over that. So anything that happens to us, the initial reaction is going to be an emotion based reaction. If we have no control over that, we don't know what's happening. 99% of people don't know what's happening. You guys, what you do for a living, you're on, you get that. You understand that people come at you. You understand in your mind, you're saying, okay, this person's acting crazy. I'm not going to react to this because I'm going to react in a way that tells me that I should probably do things I shouldn't do or say things I shouldn't say. You have control of that. 99% of the population doesn't get it. Right. We have these triggers in our mind. Somebody hits that trigger. Most people don't know the trigger has been hit. So now everything that follows that's an emotion-based reaction as opposed to being a logical-based response. Right. Mm. When we respond, we process information logically and we say, okay, this, that, this. We break this. it down. We break it down. But when we, when we just react, it's knee-jerk. You say something, I'm pissed off all of a sudden. I go off the deep end. I'm this, I'm that. I call it diary of the mouth, right? It's, it's, it's called an emotional response. That's exactly it. Or an emotional reaction. Yeah. Right? Sober thoughts or drunk words. Absolutely. What we think when we're sober is what we say when we're drunk. Right. Emotion works the same exact way. Mm. So it, emotion and logic are inversely related. You're more emotional, less logical. Mm-hmm. More logical, less emotional. Right. I call it getting intoxicated in emotion. Our nation is intoxicated in emotion. We're incapable of logical thought processes. Yeah. So I can say, Dre, this is my iPhone. This is everything. This You look at it and say, nope, that's a Samsung. Because in my heart, it says it's a Samsung. That's not an iPhone. That's a Samsung. I'm like, but look, it's right here. It's, it's an iPhone. It's not, but it's not in your heart. In your heart, it's a Samsung. And your heart overrides what you see with your it's eyes. It's a Samsung. Right, exactly It's not right. an iPhone. Because You're my right. heart told me so. Exactly. Wow. You can't tell me no different. That's exactly right. Because my great aunt Susan, 30 years ago to Christmas party, drinking Budweiser, smoking cigarettes, told me. Absolutely. That is a Samsung. So now what happens is we allow subjective perceptions to override objective observations, meaning what we feel oh, in our hearts. Shit overrides what we see with our eyes absolutely and that's dangerous dude because it's big time dangerous you kidding me it's like beating a dead horse it is and people die because of it absolutely so we can watch what's happening right now in the society with with officer involved shootings with all this violence we can watch video that totally debunks the whole concept of this happened that happened whatever we can watch it with our own eyes and it doesn't matter right it doesn't matter. They're going to believe what, what you, they want to believe that's it i don't have to watch the video because right. i already know what the outcome is oh and he'll kill them a white officer right Right. And the guy that died was black? Black lives matter. <laughs> what it's a dude. Dangerous. Our whole every so issue true. we have right now is all tied to emotion and we get no training on this. You guys didn't get trained. Well, I'm sorry. You guys in your profession did get training on this. In the military, I got it. Ninety-eight point nine percent of our population gets no training. We no. go to school, we memorize, regurgitate, memorize, right. regurgitate. Okay, take this test, pass this test, go to the best college, get the best degree, get the best job. So they say. Right. Go on the job the first day. Somebody says something you don't like. You don't have respond. You don't know how to react to it. You never been taught how to react You're like, to what? it. What? Wait a minute. What? So you say something. I go through school. I memorize. That's all I do. I take tests. I take tests. I take tests. Then all of a sudden, I graduate. I go out into the workforce. I meet you guys that are different than what I've been around all my life. You say something about. <clears throat> Well, I hate the I hate the Patriots. They're the worst team ever. They're, meanwhile, they're your favorite team. You're like, Dreda said it. He hates the Patriots. 
screw you. What the hell are you talking about? Because they don't know how to respond to adversity. Right. We don't teach our kids an emotional vocabulary. Mm, what they mm. have to learn is that 100% of the feelings, not just kids, adults too, 100% of the feelings you and I, and all we all have, 100% of the feelings are absolutely okay, great, wonderful. It's how we respond to the emotions that's important. We get no training on that. So if you're happy, if you're sad, if you're angry, whatever, if you feel like you want to punch a hole in the wall, that's absolutely okay. Mm-hmm. It's whether or not you actually punch a hole in the wall that's important. Right. So it's learning how to process the emotion. We're, we're given no training. We get no training. None. Yeah. And that's why with military and paramilitary organizations like the department, they break us down and build us back up. Yes. So we can go back and actually deal with that person out there. You're exactly right. And that's the thing people don't understand. No. Especially in law enforcement. That's why they call us robots. It's not being a robot. That's exactly right. And here's the issue. And here's the problem, I believe, personally. Okay. We cannot train somebody to suppress turn off, ignore emotion. We cannot train anybody to do that. No. What we can train them to do is to acknowledge and control the emotion. Absolutely. So I'm not trying to stop you from no. feeling it. You no. should feel it. You're normal. You're human. But you should deal with things accordingly. Exactly correct. We get no training. No. None. So the minute somebody upsets us, we go back crazy. Right. We say things. We were intoxicated. Think about when you're drunk, yeah. right? We got to a bar together. We're sober. We're talking. Everything's cool. What's up, guys? In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, all right. I don't really know about this. I don't know about that. We have one drink. You have two drinks, three drinks later. Screw you. The really, the really, the really emotions come out. That's it. That's (laughs) it, right? I call it the emotion potion. You're drinking the emotion potion, bro. Yes, you are. Truth serum. That's it. Then all of a sudden, before you know it, it's like now you're intoxicated. Now you get diarrhea of the mouth. You don't even care what you say. You're just basically saying what you truly feel. Sober thoughts are drunk words. Yes, they are. Our nation is intoxicated in emotion. Mm. Wow. Until we sober up, unfortunately, people will continue to die. There will continue to be division. Yes. There will be people hating people for no reason. People will kill each other. People will be angry at each other until we stop allowing the media to pull the strings, which is what they're doing. They're, they're pulling the strings. Yes, they are. So let me ask you, how, how do we sober up? How do we sober up? Oh, my God. We sober up by starting off acknowledging the fact that we are intoxicated. That so we're drunk. Yes. So what came first, right? So it's like you and I go out, right? You're drunk off. You're, you're just like off your rocker. And I'm like, Dre, dude, you're like whack. And you're like, no, I'm not. I'm like, yes, you are. You're like totally whacked. So what came first, the chicken or the egg? It's trying to get somebody. It's like, it's kind of like, it's, I hate to use this parallel, but it's kind of like somebody who, like, we're not alcoholics, okay? If we meet an alcoholic and they have a problem with drinking, we just say to them, stop drinking. Right. Just stop. Because we're, we're normal minds. We can just tell them, stop drinking if it's a problem. They can't, their mind doesn't allow them to do that. Right. So people that are so intoxicated they don't get it. They can't comprehend that. What it takes right. is that this is where the family comes back into play mm-hmm. or that respected role model. It takes someone like that to say, you know what? We probably should give this a thought. Pro- we probably should think, maybe try this. Okay, take Baltimore. The problem's in Baltimore right now. Why can't somebody step up and say, you know what? What we've been doing just isn't working. Right. Is that not the definition of insanity? What's expecting Correct. different results with the same, same old thing? Groundhog Day. Oh, my God. Yes. You do the same thing, get the same results. Same results. Okay. So why can't somebody who is in this position of authority, we talked about this off mic, whatever, LeBron James, people like that. Why can't they go to their followers and say, guys, let's give us a shot. Let's just assume, for, please, let's assume every police officer is racist and wants to kill people. Let's assume that's the case. Okay, I'm just going to assume that. Mm-hmm. Assuming that's the case, why don't we do what we can do to can stop violence, to stop being shot by police? Why don't we start with controlling what we have total control over, which is number one, following the law. Mm-hmm. With number two, 
Stop acting like a crazy person. So if we automatically assume we can't change police officers, why don't we take control over what we have control over, which is our thoughts? We have 100% control over our thoughts. Emotions. What's wrong with complying? There's, well, there's nothing wrong with complying. Right, that's the thing. What's wrong with complying? Because exactly. complying basically means that you are just giving in to somebody who truly wants ill will on you. Absolutely. And you are, you are complying with somebody who hates your guts. That is the danger. But these kids, all they need is somebody they respect to tell yeah. them otherwise. Mm. Somebody to step up and be like, guys, let's try. Let's reboot. Right. Let's give us a shot. People this, are dying. Right. Kids are dying for no reason. Can we please just try this? I wish it even said, give us six months. I wish LeBron James, I, can't, I hate to keep bashing him. He just got this huge platform. He's got so much influence. Huge platform. He does. Why he did he really just go does. on this? Right. Just going to be like, guys, give us six months. Let's start the clock today. Six months. Let's try this. Everybody you meet. Smile, say hi, hold the door. Thank you, please. Yes, no. Yes, ma'am. No, no, ma'am. Thank you, sir. On some, on some Frank Sinatra days, like that's what they did back in the day. Absolutely right. A gentleman. I mean, let's just be cool. Not even just police officers, but to the person courteous. standing next to you. Yeah, let's just be courteous. Yeah. Let's just be nice. Kuna Matata. Right. No worries. No what is, worries. What, is, what does that mean again? It means no, no worries. For <laughs> <laughs> the rest of your days. days. That's what I talk about when I do my speeches. I get done with it. I'm like, guys, and I'm telling you right now, there's no way you cannot start smiling when you say Kuna Matata. Right. Like, I don't care. You got somebody it's up in your happy face. Thought. It's, it is a happy thought. It's a happy thought. It's a totally happy Because it's associated to Lion King. Yes. And everybody loves Lion King. Yes. Everybody's happy. And everybody loves their neighbor. Nobody likes that. It's a Mr. Rogers style, right? Lion. Anybody haven't watched Mr. Rogers? Anybody wants to know about emotional intelligence? Wants a, a hardcore 101. Talk about Rosetta Stone when we first came on, right? Mm -hmm. Rosetta Stone. You want Rosetta Stone for emotional intelligence? That is... Oh, here's <laughs> <laughs> he, he gets me off my gets me off track. Uh, I love nice that. I love it. He nice. is nice at that. Triple C. Triple C. You go to Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Tom Hanks played him in the movie. Mm. Uh, that is the most. If everybody would watch that movie and just adopt a couple of things he did in that movie, our whole world would be a better place. Absolutely. Fred Rogers was the most amazing, incredible, the epitome of emotional. He loved every single person he met, no matter what. I don't think he's ever gotten irate. Oh, I, I, yeah, I don't think that's, I think I would have ever. He no. doesn't get any credit. Right. He, he was um, when you watched the movie. He was before Congress too. They were about to like snatch the show and everything. He just came in with very even keel, and the guy was just like, "You changed my mind." Yeah. So, yeah. Did you watch that movie, Chris? Did you watch that the the, the beautiful day in the neighborhood? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was the most amazing thing. And when it first starts off, he's like in there, like kneeling down with this kid, and the producers like Fred, like Fred's like an hour behind schedule. Meanwhile, he's just talking with this little kid, like a special needs kid. He had something wrong with him, I think. He's just talking with him on his knee. He's like, "Oh, it's all good, guys. We're good." They're like, "No, dude, Fred, you're like an hour and a half behind." He's like, "It's all good." He's like, "Do you want to take a picture with me?" And he was just—he was just the epitome of kindness, compassion, caring, empathy. He was just the the absolute prime example of what makes this world so wonderful. I gotta watch that movie. Oh, you, I'm not lying to you. Dude. I've never seen it. It is. I, I'm telling you, right? I'm 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 an emotional person, right? So mm -hmm. everybody's like, "Oh, emotional intelligence." Like, you know how many emotions? I'm like, I got more emotions. You give me a room full of fifty ladies, put them all together. I got more emotion than every damn one of them. Right. I cry at movies, all that good stuff. Absolutely. The only difference is I can control my stuff. Right. You watch that movie. I'm telling you right now. I I cried like three times during it. Not gonna wow. lie. Because the guy he had a, he had a difficult, like a struggling relationship with his father. Then his father was dying, and he came in like towards the end of his life. It was just, it was in. Pure insanity. And that is exactly what we are missing. We are just missing this. We we have to feel love. Like, we need that. If kids don't get that especially, yes. love, attention, yes. and affection. That's what they need. They don't That's get the that. foundation, man. That is the foundation. 
Definitely. Everything changes with that. Absolutely. I don't think people, I don't think parents understand that. Some of them don't understand that your child is a reflection of you. So if you don't give a shit, what do you think that child's going to do growing up? 100% agree. That's huge. It's funny you say that. I talk about that with my kids, especially like with the Marine Corps. Like obviously nobody knows I'm, unless I wear like stuff like this, but nobody knows I'm a Marine. Same way with you guys being police officers. When I walk out of my house, I automatically assume every single person that sees me, if I'm in PJs, if I'm in shorts, if I'm in a t-shirt, if I have a beard, doesn't matter. I automatically assume every single person knows I'm a Marine. Mm-hmm. And I have to uphold the legacy of the Marine Corps. Absolutely. So every single person, I tell my kids the same thing. I'm like, you represent me and my family. You represent your school you go to. So when you walk out here, you have to assume every person knows that. Conduct yourself accordingly. Absolutely. And just assume that everybody knows that. I'm the same way with the Marine Corps. I'm going to, I'm going to, and again, it's who I am innately anyway, but I'm going to conduct myself in a way that in case somebody says, oh, you know what? I saw that Marine and he was a prick. I'm not going to allow that to happen. And how many years did you um, serve this glorious country? Very glorious, Dre. I love this country. <laughs> you know what? That is one thing that should unite us all, and unfortunately, it I don't not. understand why these people do not love this country. Yo, the red, white, and blue means everything. You know, you know the people that, I always say, the people that, when they're like, oh, I'm going to move, those are the people that have never traveled. True story. Because if I... I always talk, I hate to bring it up, but I had a really bad car accident. If I had this bad car accident, and like, and I'm not just picking on countries, I'll say the Dominican Republic because that's where my family's from. My foot would have been chopped off. Mm -hmm. But because of the brains, right? Shout out to Dr. Carroll. Because of the people that are in this amazing country. The people that think so forward, they were able to save my foot. They were able to save my career. Mm-hmm. And that's what people don't understand. Like other pe- people from other countries come to this country and become super successful because of the opportunity. So how many years did you serve this country? I just did four years active, four years inactive. And what's crazy to give you a stat. <laughs> I love the background music. That's new to me. I Isn't it amazing? I, mean, I love that. Definitely. Yeah, he's, he's phenomenal. Triple C's on his Triple job. C's, he's on it. I hope you guys pay him well. Absolutely. He does an amazing job. Anybody plays at the Sandman's okay in my book. <laughs> I did four years, and here's the key. Give you some stats on this. Believe it or not, just 7.3% of our population are veterans, like served in the military, just 7.3%. Believe it or not, just 0.4% are active duty right now. 0.4? Wow. If you're looking for a common thread... You know what you get with a veteran. And, okay, and I group law enforcement, I group anybody who raises a right hand and swears. You know what I mean? Whether it's a badge, whether it's military, right? We all be blue. We mm-hmm. all be green, whatever. If you're looking at anybody in those situations, you know what you're getting. Commitment, integrity, accountability, loyalty, service before self. We don't see color, right? In the court, we didn't see color. We definitely don't see color. Everybody's green. You're dark green, you're light green. All I care about when stuff starts going down, do you got me? You got right. me? Perfect. One of my best boys in the Marine Corps, he was from Compton. Straight up gangbang from the Compton, right? Took me in his neighborhood. What? I was scared as all get out. He said, like, I got you, bro. I got you. I drove through Compton. I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. So I'm like, you sure you want to take me in this area, bro? <laughs> he, that that right. might be a story we need to hear. Hell oh, yeah. he was my man now. And I totally trusted him because we all wore the same uniform. That, that bond. That's the bond. and Because it, it doesn't matter. All that matters is when everything starts to drop. You got my back. Exactly right. I don't you better care. have my six. Dude, I don't care if you like dudes. I don't care if you like women. I don't care if you pray to God. I don't care if you're this. I don't care if you're that. Nothing to me. We all wear the same green. When that bullet 
Exactly right. Exactly right. And that's what you get with the military. You get law enforcement. You get that camaraderie. And again, it's that common thread. It's that that cultural fabric mm. that's missing. There's absolutely nothing that hones us all in. Everybody's going all these different ways. And again, when you take it and say just 7.3% of the population are veterans, did you learn stuff when you're, and again, I, I, I categorize this all together, military, police, all that good stuff. Because again, we all raise the right hand and we're all going after the same core common thing. We all raise that right hand. When you have that, nothing else, nothing else matters. Cause it I all agree. comes back down to that. And nothing else matters. Oh, that's a song too. Right. I think I was going to say, Chris, I know he's, got some, <laughs> he's already gotten to work. So. I agree. <laughs> no, for sure. And you were pretty legit on this bullets flying too. Pew, pew. That's right. true. That was legit. Now that's a good sound. That's fact. AKs right there. That's AKs. <laughs> so, so <laughs> he's silly. <laughs> so let me ask you, please. Why the Marine Corps? This is going to, you're going to laugh at this. Okay. So I knew I wanted to go in the, in the military because I was not a school person. I did not like school. didn't like authority. Gotcha. I grew up with my grandparents. They basically provided a house for me and they're like, okay, like literally from the age of 13, they're like, Hey, if you're not coming home, just let us know. So at the age of 13, like Thursday night, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not coming home. They'd be like, all right, see you Monday. Like that's just the way I was raised. Mm -hmm. Damn. I was not a school person. Went to school for football and lacrosse and wrestling. Fell nice. off the football team, fell off the lacrosse team one year. I was like, I knew I was not going on the right path. I was getting ready to graduate. And I'm like, I know I'm not going any damn where I'm going to do something. Right. So one of my buddies actually joined and uh, he joined the Marine Corps. I was like, I think I want to join. So I went and talked to an Air Force recruiter because I wanted to be an MP in the Air Force. I'm walking out of the Air Force office and this Marine pops around the corner. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm, I'm going to join. Like, I want to sign up. He's like, you ever seen our uniforms? I'm like, I don't know that I have. He's like, you never heard of dress blues? I'm like, I don't think I have. He's like, come in here. Shows me a dress blue uniform. And I was Fell like, in love. I love it. And then I met a couple of my buddies and sure was enough. It, was it better than the Air Force? Well, I, there's nobody better than anybody. I mean, obviously when you're in, it's no, kind of. the uniform, the uniform. was. Oh, the uniform. there's nothing. There's nothing even remotely, it, not even the same stratosphere as the Marine nah. Corps uniform. Yeah. Again, I love everybody who serves. I love, I get, everybody gets every ounce of I my know, respect. I know, but like. The uniforms, it's not even compared. It's, it's. Mm. Apples and oranges. Really? Oh, dress blues legit. You mean apples and watermelon? Apples. It's like apples and vodka. I mean, right. A, not in the stratosphere. Shout out to all those Marines out there serving this nice. beautiful country of ours for these scumbags that don't appreciate us. True story. I'll say that because, I mean, hey, it is what it is. And again, you get back to mandatory military service. You want to change the trajectory of this country. You start telling kids they're 18 years old. You got to go. You got to go. And you want to talk about everything changing because at oh. that point, they learn skills. They never dress blue. So here he goes. Look at that. That's a sergeant. He's only got two medals. He ain't been any damn where he's got a good conduct medal in overseas. That is, a sh that is a sharp uniform. That's legit, right? Yeah, that's sharp. Dad. That's dress blues. Mm. You got to go down eighth and I too down DC with the white. Why is it, why is it not called like dress blacks? Good call. Because they're like black. It looks that way. Like right? our uniform are dress blues because we we wear blue. Yeah, that that's yeah. legit. That's a commissioned officer right there. He's got the Navy Achievement Medal. He, I do not want to. I don't want to fight him. Isn't, he, isn't that whole bad? Isn't it just like badass? Right, just the whole uniform oh. thing. Oh yeah, and I'm, it's the camaraderie, I'm right? Not, I'm not gay, <laughs> but that but you would be. He's badass, right? No homo. And that's oh. the thing. Jesus <laughs> Christ! I'm just saying. It's only Thursday. I love this country, and I love everything this country provides. You, you know, I don't think let's, people let's, don't let's like discuss. it. I just what think happened? people don't know the history. But, but when you but look at them, you touching on like with our military, <clears throat> and let's say, for example, the Israeli military, where they require the young women and men to join 
would you think that would be for this country? That is mandatory military service, and I'm 100% down with that. What would it teach? It would teach people, like I said before, it would teach them how to deal with people they don't like. It would teach them the camaraderie. It would also teach them that it's there's bigger things than just you yourself. Right. In the military, you know this. It's not about me. It's about the mission. It's about the team. It's about supporting the person standing next to you. You don't get that in civilian life. You just don't get it. And again, the closest, I keep going back to this, the closest thing is law enforcement. That is the closest thing I found to the camaraderie we have in the Marine Corps. And again, not just the Marine Corps, but especially the Marine Corps. It's like when we know, when we see somebody else, we meet somebody else, it's instantaneous connection. So the minute I'm wearing my Marine Corps shirt, I see another, it's instantaneous connection. I know for a fact that dude's going to take care of me if I need it. Right. Yeah. Never met him before. You guys know this with the blue, right? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know that. It doesn't matter to me. I don't care. We could have totally different beliefs on this, totally different beliefs on that. What it all comes back to is that core, that one, that one thing we have in common that brings us back home. We disagree. We start straying away from We're like, you know what? We got to go back to this because we all agreed on that. We start straying wow. away. We got to go back. Their nation doesn't have that home base. We got nothing there. So when the kids start learning how to deal with adversity, start learning how to deal with people they don't get along with, they have to go somewhere away from home and be uncomfortable. You know, I hated going to boot, not that I hated going to boot camp. I went to Paris Island. I didn't know anybody. How was that experience? It was crazy. But here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing about this. Everybody says, oh, I'm boot camp hard. Here's the funny thing about human nature. So what made you click on after your initial uh, meeting with the gentleman, the, uh, the Marine? When he told you about the blues. I knew the blues, and then he he knew what he was doing. He was good. He was good. Yeah. What, what was the color of the uh, Air Force one like? I don't even know. I don't even know. They, they, they don't even. Right. So what, it's made, so good. You, so what made you What made you click on? Let's finish. So I love the uniform, and he they knew what they're They're good salespeople. The, the recruiters in the Marine Corps are very good. because They, have they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. <laughs> so it's like, he plays it all. Oh, he's got, he's got the Air Force uniforms. There you go. Uh-huh. It's all good. Again, like I said, we all we got uh, the same insignia. Yeah, I like the other one better. We got the same flag on the front. Same American flag. And that's all that matters. Do that's not that, call a Marine the Navy. The only flag that should be <laughs> Do you hear me, Dre? What? Do not call a Marine Navy. It's like calling a Jamaican a Haitian. Ooh. I'm telling you. I cool. can't call the Marines. Do not call a Marine. Can we let Eric finish? Come on. What we normally get is people call soldiers and we're not. We're Marines. But it's all good. I would yes. take no oh, so we're, I'm supposed to address it as a soldier. No, soldiers are Army. Marines and Marines. Marines. Yeah, and Navy's the, Navy. Navy, yeah. Navy are like, yeah, Navy's Navy. They are not Marine. Here's what I learned. Mm-hmm. The recruiters in the Marine Corps are very, very good at what they do. They have quotas they have to meet. So I love the uniforms. He knew I love the uniforms. He's like, by the way, it probably won't make any difference, which he knew it totally would make a difference. I got a couple people I want you to talk to. So he literally put me in touch with like two people who just graduated high school, just went through boot camp, like literally maybe a year older than me. And they call me up and they're like, what's up, dude? Like, you thinking about joining the court? I'm like, I, I am. They're like, let's meet for lunch, whatever. I went and met with them at White Marsh Mall. Wow. And I was like, done, finished. Red carpet. Dude, they showed up. What happened? Like, tell me. Dude, man. they were like, you will never, ever, ever find more people. How, how, how they look, how they showed up, what happened? They had their high, we call them high and stupid. <laughs> we, <showed up. laughs> we call them high and stupids in the Marine Corps, they're high and tights. Uh-huh. <laughs> so like before you're, so here, you go through boot camp, right? They shave your head up, right? You look like you and I. They shave your head up. Everybody. Sexy. It right. is. It is very. Right. Yeah. That, that's, that's totally sexy. No grease. Holla. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm you just go saying. through boot camp, right? So you're everything but a human in boot camp. Like they just mutilate you the whole time. So you have a bald head. Everybody's got a bald head, whatever. Uh-huh. Right before you're getting ready to graduate, they call them third phase Marines. So you go through three phases in boot camp. Mm. You know the third phase Marines because they start getting the high and tights where they let the top, they let the hair go up top. 
Okay. And you know when you see them walking through boot camp, you're legit. like, they're legit because right. they're getting ready to graduate. Mm. And then like I remember like when I first got the boot camp, like we're like watching them. It's a platoon of like sixty guys, and they drill them right. So you're marching in a platoon. They're drilling, so they make us like stand to the side. Like you don't, they call it, you don't rate. They be like you don't rate. They be th- these are third phase. These are third phase recruits right here. So they pull us over to the side, and they come walking by. All their heels hitting thump 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 thump, and the drill instructor's just badass. He's like oh, 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 and everybody's like just hitting at the same time. We're like everybody's looking. I'm like oh, I want to be a third phase marine. And sure enough, just all in unison. Recruit. Yeah, all in unison. Wow. So, so then you graduate. So here's the point with boot camp. Here's the sad thing about boot camp. Not just boot camp. Any life in general. When somebody's making you do something, it's just not that difficult. Okay, so if I told you, if I was like, hey, dude, you got to wake up three o'clock every single morning, go run five miles, you're going to be hungry, you're going to hate life, you're going to be miserable, whatever, do it on your own. I agree. You last a day. Right. If I'm making you do it, got no choice. No choice. And guess what? After a little while, you get used to it. You're right. used to it. I remember graduating boot camp, and I'm like, what am I going to do now? I really don't want to leave. I'm so used to this, I really don't want to leave. I remember my drill instructor sitting us all down, David graduate boot camp. He's like, don't think any damn one of you guys are disciplined. You guys are not disciplined. What you've been doing for the last three months is following orders. Mm. Following orders is easy. Discipline's when you go home and nobody's there telling you what to There's do. The flip side to that coin, I know people that come home from jail. Same thing. Yeah, institutionalized. Right? They they wanna they wanna go back. Shawshank. Yeah. Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank. Perfect. Remember one of the greatest movies. movies. That was yes. a legit movie. That was right. legit. One of the greatest movies. That made me emotional. That did yeah. make me emotional. Like the guy who committed suicide or whatever. Like he didn't want to leave or yeah, the older guy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that. That, that. But that's exactly right. Because once you're put in that situation, it's the other thing they always taught us to, the other thing they always train us on. And this, again, this is human. And that's the other thing that's so awesome about military and all this. So many of the things transferred in real life. Mm, absolutely. They totally do. And the other thing I learned from that was when you get to the point where you are totally done, you can't do another push-up, you can't run another mile, you can't do any damn thing else. You are done, finished, over. At that point, you're at about 80%. You still got 20% in the tank. It's your brain that's shutting you down. Mm, yes, sir. Applies to everything. Every single thing. When you think life's done, it's over, it's finished, you can't suck up another day, keep going, buttercup. Keep getting it. You're going to find it. You're going to get through it. When you get to that point, it's your mind telling you to stop. Your body's not. Your body just hurts. Your body's telling your mind to stop. Please don't do this anymore. Your mind's got 20% left. The traits that you learn in the military, I don't care what branch it is, the traits you learn is exactly why when you get these veterans, you know what you're getting. Look at these generations of guys who served back in the day. They were 18 years old, taking a rifle, volunteering. They were falsifying birth certificates so they could serve to go to a war that they had a 50% chance of dying. Mm. Nobody wants to serve anymore. Nobody wants to serve anymore. Why do you think they don't want to serve anymore? Because they don't get it. They don't understand it. There's too much pain. I don't like like what they stand for. I don't like them. I don't like military because they're all mean, stupid people. That's because that's what they're being taught. They don't have anybody else teaching them any different. There's a major gap between people. I can remember my grandfather when I grew up sitting on his lap watching black and white movies, talking about firing artillery shells in World War II. Remember like yesterday, we have a generation now, two, three generations, nobody it served. Okay. Nobody knows. So like Normandy, like storming the beaches, like whatever. What's that? Yeah, like what's that? That's yeah. stupid. Is that where they sell those shoes in the mall? Is that the story you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, right. No. They don't know. They don't get that. Normandy the mall? No. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. They don't get that. Right. Mandatory military service is where it's at. That's, That's where awesome. everybody needs to serve. So, what led to the book? What led what what led to the mental toughness expert? You know what's funny? I grew up all my life not knowing what I was good at. I didn't think I was good at anything. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I was already at sports. I was pretty good at sports. Like I was okay at everything I did, but I just wasn't exceptional at everything. And I saw a lot of my friends, a lot of people that were very good at something, musicians, artists, whatever. Just they were good at stuff. I didn't have any of that because I firmly believe everybody's born with something. Whatever That's it is. You're born with a gift. That's exactly right. Could be anything. It could be anything. All my life, I feel like I had no clue. I'm like, I have no idea. 
Then I got into sales. I got in the sales industry, started doing sales, whatever. Sort of realizing I was pretty good at sales. It took me to probably about mid thirties, I would say. I was good at people. Like that was my thing. Like, I'm like, this is what I'm born to do. Like I'm good with people. Like I connect with people. I meet with whatever. And I'm like, and it was hard for a while because I don't want to be like, Ooh, I'm good with people. Like who the hell you think you are, dude? Like you're a prick. You're not good with anybody. What are you thinking? So it took me a long time. Finally, I realized I was good with people. And the more I trained, the more I hired, the more I fired, I started to realize there were a lot of things that were similar amongst the most successful people that I worked with. And one of the things that was at the core of this was likability. People that were most successful were likable people. They're people that you would meet. It's called effective presence. You meet with them and they make you feel good about yourself. Right. Just someone that has positive effective presence. You meet, it's got the it factor, right? You got these people you meet in your life. You see them and you leave them and you're like, damn, bro, like I feel good. Like I, I want to be around that guy. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. That's called you leave that long presence. lasting impression on yes. that person. It's called effective presence. And the funny thing about effective presence is somebody who's high in positive effective presence, they have that effect on people who don't even know it. Right. So if I have high effective presence, I might be miserable. And so I might be having a horrible day. I might be angry, whatever. I will still leave you feeling better than you just came to me. Wow. Mm. That's positives. That's what my book's all about. I was like, you know what? This is just something that I want to put in like big 80 point font, like in crayon. Cause I'm rain. I can hardly read or write. But it's so simple to read. I had never picked up a book and read a full book in my life. And I, when I started writing this, I'm like, I want to write a book that somebody can pick up stop, start, do whatever. I never finished a book in my life. Mm -hmm. This is something where I felt like, hey, it's simple stuff and stuff that I took for granted. So I'm writing this thing like, this is silly. Like, okay, make eye contact. All right, make people laugh, make them feel important, earn people's trust, show them respect. This is easy stuff that people read and they're like, dude, that's great. You said something like never leave anybody unopen. Like when you like a message, never, don't leave them open. I'm like, yeah, I kind of always do that. They're like, oh, I never thought about that. So then the more people that read it, they're like, I never thought about this stuff. I'm like, well, I guess it's good. I'm glad I did this then. So the whole book is just all about what I feel is the talent I was born with, which is connecting with other people. And I feel like the book, it was written prior to all this crazy stuff happening, but I just feel like this is kind of like the equivalent to the 1960s movement, right? The love, peace, hair, grease movement. Mm -hmm. I feel like yeah. the book is the equivalent to that. Mm. Like just love your neighbor. It's, it's easy stuff. We all have the same, we're all the same exact way. Peel off all the skin, peel off all everything else. We're all the same damn way. Just we'll be on people that make us feel good. I agree. Simple stuff. Nice. That's it. Phenomenal. I'm Phenomenal. talking a lot, man. You guys got to talk it up. Nah, Phenomenal like, intro. Yo, you, you. <laughs> nailed it, baby. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> Put the woman and children in bed and let's go look at freaking dinner, we baby. That's <laughs> nah, awesome. Phenomenal intro. Thanks, Eric. That was that was amazing. Yeah. Amazing. We got to get back to the core, man. We got to start loving each other again. That's the issue. We got to stop. I agree. We got to stop allowing people to dictate who we like and dislike. And Yeah, let's let's start loving each other, man. Yeah. If we start off with that, if we like lead with love, that's the other thing I talk about, lead with love. Lead with love. Assume the best intentions in people, and we've gotten to be a society that automatically assumes the worst intentions. So when I meet you for the very first time, I'm automatically assuming that you do not want to be nice to me, you do not like me, you don't want to be kind with me. That's the way we've become as a society. You know what I always say? It's all in your delivery. Mm -hmm. That will make the difference in the outcome of a conversation. Yep. Yep. You present it nice, smooth, soft, not brash. And that person is just automatically mad. But once you come out smooth and, and, and on point, it makes them sit back like, damn, I ain't really have to act like that. You know, it's funny you say that. I always tell my kids, I'm like, whenever they meet somebody who's like not nice or mean or whatever, I said, you have to give them some, give them some slack here. They are a product of their environment, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Birds of feather flock together. 
Yep. If I'm amongst miserable people all day long, I'm going to be miserable. It's just the way it works. Crabs yes, in sir. a barrel. Absolutely. And I tell them this all the time. I'm like, it's walking in the store, right? Holding the door for somebody. You hold it for them. They don't say any damn thing. They're just like, eh. <sighs> deep down, you're like, you know what? Screw you. You know what I say? That pisses me off. I me say too. it for them. When I hold the door for somebody and they don't say nothing, I say, you're welcome. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I do the same thing. And it fucks them up. They're like, oh, 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 oh that, yeah, thank you. They don't want to say. But you know the funny thing, the next level thing, what I talk about to take it to a whole different level uh-huh. is the fact that person did not acknowledge at all, at all, right? It cannot impact the fact when you walk out the store that you don't hold the door for the next person. I know you keep doing it. That's exactly right. You keep doing it. But the hardwired part of us says that that person was just a jerk to me. Uh-huh. So I'm going to do the same thing to the next person. To the next person. Because we don't compartmentalize. We talked about this. Absolutely. We don't compartmentalize and understand that person was totally different than this next person. Absolutely. People aren't good at that. Right. So they're upset. They're angry. They're mad. This person just upset them. That bleeds over to the next person. That's totally separate, totally independent, happy, loving, caring, will hug you because you hold the door for them. Right. You don't hold the door for them because that person upset you. Right. It's the inability to compartmentalize. Definitely. It's a problem. It's a disease. It is a disease. It spreads. Yeah. And the problem is there's there, there's a cure for it. The cure is called love. The cure is called family structure. Right. And we're missing that. Nobody wants to accept that. And people, and, and I hate to go back to this, but I feel like it's all about politics. You know, mm-hmm. the violence, the issues we have with violence right now. Nobody wants to address the fact that it's starting at home. Right. That is the problem. If you want to go to the core of the problem, it's starting at home. The problem is from a political standpoint, I can't beat my opponent over the head with that. Mm. I can beat them over the head with gun laws. Absolutely. So now I can say it's because of guns. Well, no, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Now I can beat you over the head. If I say it's a problem of family structure, how do you politicize that? How do you combat that? Exactly right. So it's dangerous because they don't want to actually go. We're treating the effect and not the cause. Absolutely. The cause is the lack of the family structure. The effects are all these other things. Drugs, abuse, drop, high school drop. Which leads violence. to everything else. That's exactly but right. But the rooted core. That's exactly right. It's right. a lack of, people say, well, like, oh, what's the problem? It's divorce. I'm like, no, it's not divorce. Believe it or not, our divorce rates right now in the United States are actually lower than they've ever, in a very long time. And they've ever been. Nice. What's missing is the single family households in 1960, just 9% of households were single family. Mm. And by single family, I'm talking about moms only, right? 90% of single family households are moms only. Right. You fast forward to 2019, almost triple 26% of households are single family households. You're looking for a common thread. That's the, common that's thread. it right there. Right. It is. The nuclear family means nothing anymore. No. It's almost crapped on. Look at reality TV right now. Yeah. Everything revolves around being as disrespectful as you possibly can. It's garbage TV. It is garbage TV, but it sells. It does sell. That's, well, that's the issue. Yeah, it sells. And that's the problem because everybody's overriding what they should and shouldn't do with the bottom line profit. The true foundation is doesn't exist anymore. No. Because media, mm-hmm. TV shows like that, it's popular. Cartrashians. I call it the Cartrashians. <laughs> I do. <laughs> like like you, you get the laugh. Oh, oh, that's funny. Watch any show. You get big ratings. Yeah. It's, it's not like how we grew up with like the Huxtables and, you know, the Urkels and Family Matters. Yeah. Oh, it's all family. What's the other what's oriented. The, what's the other one? They're actually doing a remake of the Adams Family, by the way. I don't know if you guys have seen what? that. The, what do you mean? The cartoon? The cartoon movie? No, they're doing a legit movie. Oh, like, really? Yeah, like the legit movie with like Uncle Fester and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I like the newest one that came out like last year. Did it, yeah, I'm not a TV yeah. person. I'm ashamed to admit this. The last movie I watched was Titanic. Stop playing. No way. Leonardo DiCaprio. When? Oh, that was a long time. But that movie was back in 96, right? 98. That was was way older. Hell yeah. I told you I was embarrassed to admit it. I don't watch. I'm just not a movie person. 
Plus, yeah. I get too emotionally attached. I watch these movies and it like wrecks me. You never watch it like that's Braveheart. not the last movie. You just said you saw the. I did. No, yeah. He's calm. He's calm. You stopped this shit. You, you should call me. <laughs> You're Wait, let me take a step back. The last time I went to watch a movie in a movie theater was oh, oh okay. okay. He called you me. You watch Braveheart. Braveheart's legit classic. You watch Troy. I didn't watch Troy. You never saw Troy. Never Brad saw Troy. Pitt. Ah, uh, you never Achilles. Watched, you never watched. <laughs> you never watched Three Hundred. Nope. You I've seen trailers for them. Wow. That's like all that ancient stuff, right? Right. Yeah, I've seen trailers. <laughs> Do you know what wrecked me about Braveheart? You know what wrecked me about that movie was Tell the me. one part when um, Mel Gibson like rouse up the troops and he's like, okay, this yeah. is what we're going to do. Like, you guys wait over here in the wing. You got my back, right? They're yeah. Like, yeah, I got your back. They screwed them. Dude, that, that killed me. That uh, wrecked me. Horrible. That was the most disgusting thing to me because at the core of who I like, that's what I talk about. And that's why, like, I, I talked about possibly running for something for office or whatever, if I'm going to do that. Right. The one taste in my mouth I've gotten, it's been a little bit sour with. I don't quite feel that same kind of loyalty. So for me, being former Marine, whatever, like, I give you my word, my word's legit. I'm not backing off of that. Like, if I tell you, like, I will be there Monday night at eight o'clock, 75, I'm there. If I'm not, call the morgue. If I tell you I'm going to vote for this or I'm going to do that, I do that. Like, I cannot mess with that. And what I've seen is, as a society, that just doesn't mean anything anymore. No. A handshake, an eye-to-eye type thing means nothing. No, it means nothing. nothing. Nope. It means nothing. When growing up, like, back in the day, it's like, I give you my word, I give you my hand. I ain't nothing else. Dude, you want to give me $300,000? You can prom- you promise you pay me back? Eye-to-eye, handshake? Yep, done. Have a nice day. Okay, who's next? Pinky cool. swear? Good. Now you need contracts, you need this, you need that. And that means nothing. Because oh. I hate you. Why? I don't know. <laughs> because they told me to. Right. Because they told me I'm supposed to dislike you. Because they told you you're mean to me. That you're a big, stupid, mean person. It's insane. We're having too much fun, yo. This is crazy. This is pretty legit. This is a great thing. And I love vodka and Diet Coke. I'm proud of you. Wait, we got the DJ back here. What song is this? Is that you? Yeah, I got it. Oh, I thought that was a DJ. Was that your uh, phone? <laughs> it's on like, it's on like, even Jesus when you, Christ. Now, here's the thing. Even when you silence it, it goes. <laughs> I thought it was Chris. I thought that was, I thought it was Metallica. No, it was, no, yeah, no. I thought it was Chris back there. <laughs> serving up something saucy. Chris. He said saucy. Yeah. All right. I mean, yo, it's live, right? So it happens. It's, it's real. Oh, man. Chris, can you give us one uh, joint? Real quick, one article or something like that. No, what we got? We got, so uh, got the specialist break it down. Do we have uh, blocks to badges this week, Chris? We have blocks to badges. That was that was that was. get off your phone, man. Let's go focus. Usually, come on. Uh, we have something from my guy Eric oh, Lopez. Shout out Eric. to Eric Lopez. All right, what do you got? And this goes right into our silverback news. So let's pull it up real quick. Um, this is from nypost.com. .com. California cop shoots armed suspect inside Walgreens. Um, California police officer chased an armed suspect uh, through a Walgreens, uh, repeatedly telling the man to drop his gun before a second cop shot him. Um, dramatic body camera footage shows. Um, this is from um, Eric, but he wanted to know what were your thoughts on the actual video? And I'll play it as you all are talking. So 
And anybody, again, you can see this on um, nypost.com. Just type in um, Cali Cop um, Shoots Armed Suspect in Walgreens. What's your thoughts? Can I fire this one up without even seeing it? Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Please. I'm in the process of writing another book right now. It's going to take me a long time because I'm chewing bubble gum while I'm trying to do it. Don't <laughs> <laughs> no, no with it. The name of my book is going to be The Core. It's going to be a, it's a play on words. It's not going to be The Core like C-O-R-P-S like Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. It's going to be The Core like C-O-R-E. Nice. And the whole issue, the whole premise behind my book is going to be any problem we have, you go to the core of the problem, the core of the issue. Mm-hmm. And actually, here's a video playing right now, right? Mm-hmm. See the guy walking through the store, yeah, telling him relax, his hands in his pockets, running. Yeah, but he's running. Oh God, you can keep on talking. You can get okay. So keep the, running. the issue, the issue, the problem is if we go to the core of all the problems, if you peel everything else out of the equation, there's a gun. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Every one of these problems, the person who ends up getting shot, the end person is getting killed by police, whatever. They made a very, very poor decision. They that they had one hundred percent control over. Absolutely. So if if we have steps A, B, C, D, E, and F, and the police officer pulling his gun at F and shooting somebody, if we do not do A, if we do not do B, if we do not do C, step F means absolutely nothing. Every single one of these events start with somebody breaking the law. That is bottom line. And then the other issue I have is the fact that we constantly look at police officers who get in these situations who pull the trigger and kill somebody maybe they should not have killed and automatically call that person a murder. How about we talk about maybe they made a bad decision in a millisecond that they had to make that decision? So I have multiple issues with this. I think what we have to do is start realizing that people have, they need to start accepting responsibility for their actions. And the minute you break a law, the minute you do not abide by what somebody's telling you to do, unfortunately, you know, I'm not saying that gives anybody the right to shoot somebody, but they have control over this. They are the ones who are opting not to follow the law. That's my thought. Well, they wound up getting placed in the uh, subject in custody. Uh, I believe he got shot once. Yep. But, um, he's alive. Yeah, I didn't see that one out. Yeah, it's about as clean as it got. Yeah. I'm not even a police officer, and I could tell that's... Nah, it's a good shoot. Yeah. It's much more than a good shoot. I give um, props to that officer. Two thumbs up. He was... um, He showed a lot of restraint because uh, an individual with his hands in his pocket, it's not going to go good with me. From a training standpoint, H, what would you... um, What does that indicate to our, to our viewers when, when you're you know, giving someone a command to do something and they have their hands in their pocket. What is that? Well, when you're trained, especially in the academy, as I guess the call was for a known person. Mm-hmm. Uh, the call came out, the gentleman inside has a gun. All right, so your, your, your threat level is already high, just mm-hmm. a bit, because uh, you get on scene, people run out of the store. He's inside, he's inside. They give a description. All right. Now, the officer, he came into contact with that individual. So you got the call. Now you got the suspect to match that description. He's got a gun on him. Clearly, his hands is in his pants. It's not It's not the subject. The hands does everything. Mm-hmm. A gun on the floor is not going to kill you. Mm-hmm. The person that would treat you with his hands, they're going to kill you. So just him with his hands in his pants, that's... 
that's a horrible situation to be in. And I give it to that officer. He showed restraint. But while you're talking, you give verbal commands. You have your, you have your gun out pointed at him. Get on your stomach. Don't move. Don't put your hand out. If you pull his, if he pull his hands out of that damn pocket, it doesn't take that long to retrieve a gun from your waistband, from your pocket. Mm-hmm. Anything can happen. And if you wait, we don't get paid to get shot and killed, man. Mm-hmm. But um, and that tape is seen like multiple times. Weird. Multiple times, and then and then he and you know I don't I don't like the, the Monday night quarterback. It, but the officer put himself in some bad situations when he didn't have clear vision of the guy when he went down the aisle and he let him go around that aisle. If he wanted to, he could have busted the officer at any any given time. By the milk right here. Any yeah. and, and and God, good Lord was on that officer's side, and the suspect wasn't he wasn't a killer because you could see a killer mm-hmm. if he wanted to kill that officer he had the chance to tell you tell he had the chance to but um i just thank god that officer is okay and uh, i would definitely have him go back for a little bit more training because not too many suspects you're going to come across that has a gun on them is going to react like that individual reacted and he's just running in the circles he was scared he was nervous he was he didn't want to shoot at the officer he didn't Cause when he first fell down, the 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 gun was clearly out in his hand, and he the officer was more justified in doing what he wanted to do at that point. But he still waited, and I give you, you can't get mad at that. I I agree with everything he did. I'm just saying every officer is different. Every officer's threat level is different, and being tactful is, is is ideal. And the other thing that I feel like always gets left out of the equation as a fact, we're talking about millisecond decisions. Millisecond decisions, mm. absolutely. I don't care how much training you have. When you're put in that situation, you're asking somebody to do something that we are analyzing in minute segments, in five-minute segments, and they're they're processing that in millisecond decisions. So, again, I think it goes back to the core in any of these situations where a police officer shot somebody that maybe should not have shot them. Mm-hmm. Is it a bad decision? Whatever you want to call it, it's not them being a murderer. No, not at all. I just don't get that part, you know, I just don't get that part. So it's like we, we expect them to do a job and it's like we have got to give them some kind of latitude here. Got to give them some leeway on making decisions instantaneously. Yes. Life or death. Life or death. We talked about this off the mic too, right? Absolutely. I make, I, I train people on how to not lose sales. Right. You're in a business where lives are lost. Absolutely. So and that's what, the reality. That is the reality. So what do we do as civilians? We minimize the chances of being put in situations where our life might be compromised. Absolutely. How do we do that? We do that by following the law. Complying. Complying. Every single one of these situations. I have yet to watch a single video, and that might exist. I have yet to watch a single police-involved shooting where I've watched it and said, yeah, if he would have complied, he still would have been shot. Not a single one. No. Mm. Everyone I've watched, I've said if he would have just listened everybody would have lived police officers do not join the police force to kill people that's just not what they do, we do not. absolutely we definitely do not that's what drives me nuts and as you can see as you can see in the uh philadelphia shooting yeah that was crazy that's happened recently and i think that'll take us into the next mm-hmm. do you all segment. think it's the criticism or do you think it's the actions after the criticism because i think from 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 your point we all kind of get some type of critique we all get some type of you know even if it's from peers from somebody else that we've done something wrong do you think it's the criticism or it's the actions that come after that criticism meaning whatever it may be the defunding the the you know protest the riot the blah 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 
I have a thought on this as a non-police officer, somebody who's never worn a badge. And let me hear it. My thought process is we have people out there expected to do a job when they do not know what's going to happen to them on Monday morning. Mm-hmm. That's an issue. So within the police department, what I feel is like anybody who wears a badge has their back. So if you're a police officer, anybody who wears a badge at the highest level has got your back. The minute you step out of that uniform and take that badge and you get to that outside of the police force, they don't have your back. And it's, I'm not saying every single person here, obviously, but like look at New York with de Blasio. Mm-hmm. He's cutting 20% of their budget, cutting a billion dollars off their police budget. He's telling his son that he has to be careful when he's dealing with the police, that he might get killed at the hands of the police. Like, what do you, isn't boss, that sad? And no one would ever stop his son. Just saying your boss is telling your, your his, boss, his son looks nothing like a criminal, right? It's crazy. And if he did, regardless, follow the law, look what your boss is telling everybody. That's scary. So how do you go to work every <laughs> single day? How do you go to work every single day? Knowing that your boss is not going to have your back. It's, it's sad. So the point you're making, Chris, what I personally believe is you have people that are put in situations, life or death situations, making millisecond decisions, and they're questioning how they're going to be perceived. Mm -hmm. That's a very, very, very scary situation to be in because their lives are in jeopardy and they're expected to do things that they might end up getting destroyed for, put in jail, fired, canned, whatever. That's a horrible situation. Mm -hmm. That's my thought. I think... And I think every department can gain something from this. I think if the brass, the higher ups, made a decision regardless and nipped everything in the bud with the public, like, listen, these are my officers. I'm taking care of them. I got their back. I got their back. Listen. We're going to investigate it because we're the specialists. This is what we do. If they're, if they're at fault, we'll discipline them accordingly. You're not going to tell us how to do our job because we know how to do our job thoroughly. Spot on. I think if we had more of that, we'll get less pushback. The problem is there's too much pressure there. So the minute something happens, everybody automatically has to take a stance, right, wrong, good, bad, fire. Mm-hmm. But see, and when it gets political, that's when it gets ugly. That's exactly mm-hmm. correct. Because that's when you're doing the wrong things and you're not doing the right things. You're doing it to be cool and to and, blend in. And that's kind of what I meant by the critique or the action. Because I think, you know, if somebody's saying certain things, is different than somebody saying <laughs> cutting funding or telling somebody this and creating narratives. Those are the actions that come behind somebody saying asking questions or saying hey was that good was that bad or saying no i think this is this and then when you have conversations it kind of breaks down you know those walls of saying well this person was just wrong it's like no they weren't look at the facts of what's going on so that's what h what you're saying also e what you're saying as an investigator this is what happens you get calls from above us right and they want answers but you don't have the answers yet as an investigator. Your boots on the ground, you're investigating whatever you're investigating. And they're like, what's going on? What, what do you need? What do you do? And they don't give you ch- chances or moments to investigate what just happened. So you can't really give them what's going on. So now they go on the news, they're like, they're saying, you know, half-ass answers just to appease the public. The public. Appease is the word. Yeah. Baltimore County does it. A phenomenal job. They say, hey, there was a shooting, right? 
We all know there was a shooting. We're investigating it, and we will let you know the details as it comes forward. Thank you very much. Talk to you later. He's been placed on administrative duties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. The, yeah. And that's the way it should be yep. because, you know, an investigation is very fluid. You know, one minute you think, oh, my God, that shell casing's a 380, and then it comes back from the lab two days later. So, wait. Hey, LT, that shell case is a 380. They go back. Yes, ma'am. It's a 380. They go on the news. Well, we have a 380 shell casing, right? That's on the news. Two days later, comes back from the lab. A 45. It's a 40. <laughs> it's a 45. Right. And now you're like, hey, LT, it's a 45 or it's a 40. Oops, too late. So now you're going to go back to the news and tell them, you look dumb. Mm. That's not professional. Let us investigate. Right. Stop stepping on our necks. What's this? What's that? Oh, my God. What's going on? Relax. We know what it is. It's a shooting like the same thing that happened two days ago. Let us investigate. And we'll give you the answers. You can't, you, you, and that's the problem. Everybody wants. It's instant gratification. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Microwave, you know. You should be able to wrap this up in about an hour, right? No. It's no, not. it doesn't we, work that way. We, we spoke about that like in, in the uh, episodes, in the past. Yeah. It's not Chicago Blue. Right. Dope I show. Mean, yeah. We right. love the show. Yeah. We refer to that as television. But it's not television. Yeah. So. That's a problem. I agree with that. And that's where my topic boils down to with mental toughness. It's the ability to stand up and say, you know what? I don't care. I understand the fact that everybody's upset. Yeah. I understand everybody wants answers. I want answers as well. We will allow this to go the way it's supposed to go. We will go through the proceedings. We will figure everything out. And I promise you, I'll get back to you. <laughs> People, unfortunately, just cave in. They yeah. succumb to the pressure. That's that's unfortunately uh, that's something that mentally tough people do not do. They do not succumb to pressure. Mm. I'm going to stand my guns. I'm going to do whatever, and that's exactly what happens right now. Anytime anything happens, everybody jumps to conclusions. And it it should also be followed up with, "Listen, we're going to investigate." But the moment y'all start this rioting and breaking and tearing things up, it's over. We're going to put our foot on your necks. Everybody's going to be charged accordingly. Mm-hmm. That thing that happened in Seattle. That's ridiculous. Chop. They took over a six-block radius. Including a police station. How about that? Mm-hmm. That's sad. Yeah. That's sad. It's because they allowed it. They allowed it. The government allowed that. That's the, Like, what do you need police then for? Because you, you're putting all your officers in jeopardy. You're not mm-hmm. backing them. How are they going to thoroughly go out there and police? How are they going to enforce? I mean, Are you letting dudes with long guns... Rob business owners for extortion. Let them take over. How? Like how? I mean, H, you brought up mental toughness. Look what's going on in Philly, right? Mental. That was a mental case. Like, would you like to break that down? Or I well, here's my perception of that. So, as again, I'm not a police officer. Never been. The, never been in the situation before. In my mind, as a police officer, if somebody's threatening my safety, I'm sorry about mental incapacity. I'm sorry about whatever. If you're coming at me with a knife and you are jeopardizing my life. I have no option. I don't have time to assess your mental capacity. That, I believe, kind of boils down to a family issue. If you have somebody who is that violent, someone who has those type of tendencies, then people get into medication and all that. 
what everybody needs to understand is when a police officer rolls up on a scene, they are assessing the situation. If you're coming at me with a knife, I don't have time to think if you're, well, let's take a step back. It's like people who commit murder and they go to court and they plead insanity. Dude, tell me something I didn't know. You're obviously insane. You just killed somebody. Like, I know you're insane. Like, tell me something I didn't already know. Right. So somebody comes running at you with a knife. I don't have time to think about if you are if you have didn't take your medication. Right. The end result's still the same damn thing. You are jeopardizing my life. You are not following an order. If you get shot, I'm doing what I have to do to protect myself. So when it comes down to the mental stuff, I get it. But then you have politicians talking about, well, police officers shouldn't go out on that call. They should be mental health professionals. <laughs> What are you going to arm him with? Like a, a straw and spitballs? Right. Good luck with that. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's crazy talk. <laughs> Shoot him in the leg. Yeah. Let's put you in a situation where your life is in jeopardy and let's see how you respond to that. Absolutely. It's been documented that the uh, family members called three times prior to what happened. You know, the, the gentleman lost his life. But and that's unfortunate. Called, they were, yeah, of it course. is. We never Absolutely. want that to happen. Nobody's Absolutely. down with that. That police but, officer's gonna be but, scarred for the rest of his life because of it. Right. But we have someone in you know running saying that he was an unarmed man with a knife. If you have a knife, you're not armed. You're not. You're not. <laughs> you're not unarmed. You're not unarmed yeah. at all. Yeah. Yeah. No, but the fact someone people called three times, saying like we need help. Yeah. So they've been there three. There's there's CAD reports or whatever they call it on the, on their side. Police officers were dispatched three times. I don't know if you saw the video. I did. There was an older lady that was with him trying to calm. The one that was like holding him back or whatever. Correct. Yeah. So if let's assume that's his mom or his aunt, what is a social worker going to do in that aspect? Because mm-hmm. I know the big thing now is like let's defund police and let's have social workers and mental health uh, professions get dispatched to these type of calls. But now you have a stranger. If these mental uh, patients are not listening to the people they love, the people they grew up with, the people that they have respect. nurtured him respect. Yes. What are they going to do for somebody? What are they going to do to a stranger? That's a good point. We're gonna have we're gonna have two body bags. That's absolutely that's that's a very spot on. I and, 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 and it, this goes back to the whole thing. Everybody talks about reimagine policing. I talk about reimagine parenting. Mm. You really want to start again? It goes back to this whole core. It goes back to this whole core issue thing here. But it all boils down to somebody making a very very bad decision. Police officers being put in situations where unfortunately somebody's going to get somebody's not going to end up on the receiving end of. And again, I, I feel horrible. And the police officers like these, and that's the other thing that's so crazy to me. Like nobody views police officers being human. They yeah. just automatically, it's like, dude, you realize, I don't care what kind of training you got. I don't care. You can train all you want to train. You take somebody's life. I don't give it. I don't care if that guy was coming at you with a knife. Mm-hmm. I don't care if he pulled a gun on you. If you're the one pulling the trigger and taking somebody's life, dude, that will be with you to the day you die. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't care if your life was in jeopardy, dude. You took somebody's life. That is straight up going to haunt you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to look at that. 100%. Nobody wants to look. I don't care how much training you got. I don't care how much training you have. Talk to anybody who's taken a life. I had buddies in the Marine Corps were snipers that took lives. My one buddy came back. He was on the boat coming back over, and he had like 10 confirmed kills. And he's like, dude, I was totally fine with everything. Like, everything was all right. I was trained to do that. He's like, the minute I got back on the boat and I had these people start talking to me, like, how do you feel? Like, you okay? Like, everything all right? Like, you have 10 confirmed kills. You all right? He's like, once I got inside my head, I lost my crap. 
And he shot him from like miles away, right? He never even, uh, yeah, who knows if he even saw him. He didn't talk he, much. He wasn't like up close with it. Well, this dude I knew was pretty warped. Like the way he got, he got into some trouble. And this sounds pretty bad to say, but he basically got in trouble because he, his, a couple of his confirmed kills, he would take their ears. So like after he killed me, like take their ears and they, they called him like trying to put a bag of ears on his, on his, on his bag coming back. Dude, this dude, he was warped. That's different. That's different. That's scary. That's crazy. That's nuts. That's, that's like that's not what we hear. But here, here's the I issue. I mean, but who knows the mindset you got to be in actually yeah, going to I mean, take somebody's life? I'm going to take this way. When I got out of the core, I never killed anybody. When I got out of the core, we went through training for how to transition back into civilian life. It's called TAMS. Right. Mm. Transition assistance, military process, some crap like that. They taught us how not to say F everything, you know, because everything was F, right? Instead of saying, uh, we'd be like F, 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 pass the F and saw it. We had to learn, like, when we went through a job interview, we couldn't put on our resume that we kill bad people. Like, that's not what you do. We had to learn these things. And I never killed anybody. <laughs> So you can't, wow. you, you can't train somebody and teach them to do what they do and go out and do what they do and then have them come back home and be like, okay, we're going to go cut grass now. And right. We're going to go do some gardening. Do you not know what I just came from? Exactly. So when it comes down to law enforcement and the, and the stuff you guys see every single day, I call this systematic desensitization, graduate exposure therapy. When you're constantly put in a situation where you repetitively see something, your brain becomes desensitized to it. Yeah. There's a study done, University of California, Riverside. They said by the time the average 18-year-old by the time they reach age 18, they've seen 200,000 acts of violence mm. via social media, television, 16,000 of which are murders. They've wow. witnessed, never committed it themselves. They've witnessed this via mm -hmm. some sort of media. Mm -hmm. right. You cannot tell me, if you even have a partially functioning frontal lobe, you cannot tell me that that does not have an impact on that person. Absolutely. I talk about MMA. I can't watch MMA fights, right? I watch and just, I cringe. I watch these guys just destroyed. I can't watch it. My blood boils. Really? But I guarantee you sit me down in front of a TV. I watch it for a month straight. After a month, I'm be like, no big deal. Dude got knocked out. No big deal. My brain was desensitized to it. I'm not saying that somebody who plays Call of Duty is going to go out and shoot somebody and kill somebody. What I'm saying is if their mind gets desensitized to it on top of a mental issue, on top of not having a family structure, on top yeah. of having a means, on top of having something that triggered them a few months prior, which is what all mass shooters do. Dead wish. Wow. It's a layering of effects that all happen at the same time. There's something you said. I've heard search bomb. warrants. <laughs> I've heard search warrants, right? Houses. Of like young men that have money, and they build their guns to Call of Duty. They've never mm -hmm. killed anyone, but they have Call of Duty guns, mm -hmm. and it's because that's what they're doing. You can't tell me, Dre, that that does not have an. I, and again, I catch heat for this too when I do my radio shows. People are like, "Oh, you tell me because somebody plays Call of Duty and got and kill somebody." I'm like, "No, I'm not saying that." What I'm saying is, if you have the layering, if you have you all the these layering. things together, 90% of mass shooters all fall into a few different criteria. Number one, 90% oh of them had a lack of a father. It's called a dad deficit. 90% mm -hmm. of the shooters, mass shooters, have a dad deficit, number one. Number two, they had a major triggering event that happened normally in about 60 to 90 days prior to everything happening. Mm -hmm. Number three, they very, very heavily studied prior mass shootings to confirm what they were thinking. Absolutely. And then the last thing is they had a means to carry out this, this issue. So if you have all, it gets in like red flag laws, right? That catch the heat, <laughs> so catch heat for red flag laws. You guys know it's law enforcement. The red flag laws, as far as if, if we know the mold of somebody who commits mass shootings, we know the mold. There's no, there's no rocket science here. Right. We know the mold. Almost every single mass shooter after it happens, people then come forward and say, I saw that coming. Right. I knew this was coming. So then it gets right. in the flag, red flag laws and people give me heat for this because they talk about second amendment rights, the right to bear arms and all that kind of stuff, which I'm down with. 
But if we know mass shooters all exhibit these same exact behaviors, and if we know a lot of this stuff was preventative, why, why anybody taking the action? Why are we not instituting laws yeah. that could possibly prevent that from happening? Absolutely. I get Second Amendment. I'm all, I'm down with Second Amendment. Right. I'm with it too. You got to protect with yourself. That. But if you're going to tell me right now that 90% of mass shootings, 90% of events where innocent people are dying, children, innocent people are dying. If you're telling me that me foregoing some of that will prevent, possibly prevent 90% of those types of events. I'm down with, I'm all for it. Now there's gotta be stuff in like due process is a very big part of this. It's always going to be absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Someone's coming to HB like, you know what? I'm going to call H is whack job. You gotta go get his guns and they show up to take your guns away. Okay, so to prevent that from happening, there's got to be a very strict law that says due process is if I claim your whack job and we come take your guns, you you have the legal right to be in front of a judge within 48 hours, 72 hours to plead your case. Right. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you go in front of that judge, they're going to know pretty damn well, like, yeah, that's legit. He's a whack job or no, he's not. Right. If we can stop that from happening, why would we not do the red flag? And again, I'm, I'm down with Second Amendment. I'm down with that. Right. But we got to give some. And that's the other problem with our society, especially with political beliefs. We are 100% for this and 0% for, for that. that. Why can't we bend? Okay, Chris. You can I know bend when, and not break. Exactly right. Like I know when I came up, I can tell by some of the stuff, like we have different political beliefs and stuff, whatever. I supporting who I support does not mean I have to 100% support that person. Absolutely. And the minute somebody says they 100% support whoever it is, the minute I know they're not being legit. Because you can 100%, 100% support somebody. Right. But if I 80% support, or technically if I 51% support that person, I can still disagree with the other stuff. Yeah. And that's where we are as a problem, I think, politically. Right. We are one, I don't want to hear anything else. I totally agree with everything. No, you don't. You know there's stupid crap people do that you don't right. agree with. Just admit it. It's not right. the wrong with saying, listen, I understand where they're coming from. Right. I can understand where it's coming from. I don't agree 100%, but I do understand his angle, which yes. is trying to get across. You know what I mean? Agree to disagree. What you're doing is suspending your disbelief. Another thing I train on, we listen with the intent to reply, not with the intent to understand. So when I'm listening to you talk, I'm listening just long enough to formulate my response. So you got to seek to understand before being understood. Exactly. Mm. So as soon as I, so you're talking, (laughs) I love those. Dropping bombs. We're dropping bombs tonight. Dropping bombs tonight. When the majority of conversations we have, I'm listening to you just long enough. So as you're listening, in my mind, I'm processing response. Everything. Everything after I formulate my response is Charlie Brown. Won't, 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 won't. That's it. So now if we're not, I, I, nothing else I need to know. And as a society, we've gotten very bad at that. Mm-hmm. So the problem is when we have a dispute, we don't have to leave the dispute. I don't have to feel like I won. No. I just need to feel like you heard Understand. me Understand. Exactly right. So Say if you again. and I totally disagree on everything, all we have to leave that conversation is all I need to do is to make you feel like I heard you out. Right. I heard you. I don't have to agree with you, but the problem is we have conversations and we go at it. We leave it as I hate you. You're this, you're that, you're whatever, because we can't accept an opposing point of view. We're not good at that. What you're telling me conflicts with what I believe. So you're telling me you have a different belief. I can't accept that because I don't, I don't know how to process that. Mm -hmm. I only know my way or the highway. That's all I know. Nobody's ever taught me how to express this emotion. I feel upset with what you're saying. The only way I know how to respond is by yelling at you. Right. As opposed to somebody who's taught basic emotional intelligence skills that could say, I disagree, but you know what? H is still a cool dude. He's a good dad. Right. He's an awesome person. Okay. You know yeah. what? That's cool. Yeah. Have a nice day. How about the Orioles? How are they doing? Right. We yeah. can't do that. No. I yeah. disagree. I dislike you or I agree. I, I disagree. Like you. F you. You ain't ish. And you're a piece of crap. Very well said. Perfectly articulated. That's, that's where we're at right now. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm three deep. I tell you what, this Tito's bottle is going down real nice. I'm proud of you. <laughs> You're the man. Now you're breaking it down because you know what? We never had anybody that could break it down like that. And 
It's legit. You know what the issue, Dre? It's so basic. How, how, how do we how do we fix this? How do we start to fix this? We start fixing it by teaching people how to respond to emotion. Absolutely. We, we are emotional creatures. The minute everybody starts understanding that we are hardwired to feel first and think later. So it starts at home. It, oh, a million percent. Mm-hmm. It starts with the family structure. We are not, we are in the society of everybody automatically wanting to just make babies and roll out. And let's be honest, guys roll out. Moms don't roll out, guys roll out. Ski, ski. They do, they bounce. And the problem is kids grow up without that. And again, again, everybody gets angry with me. They're like, well, how are you saying this? You like, want to okay. know why? Because it's it's too easy for them to. It is too easy for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's way easier to be in a bounce. They, they don't want to work. That's the issue. Like I said, I, I raised my, I'm a single dad. I raised my girls on my own. I think I'm kind of the anomaly. Normally the, the mom is the one I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm whatever I'm doing, whatever. Your mom, dad, mom, dad. I'm a yes, man. Yes. You're right. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. You say jump. I say how high. Absolutely. <laughs> Chris, he adds the extra layer. Just Absolutely. Like, dude, that's like, it's like anytime you watch a music, anytime you, watch, you hear a song on the radio, it's like, that's a good song. The minute you link a video with it, it's like, that song's legit. That's it. That's him back there, like popping off the nine mils and stuff. I love that. Well, girl, we're girl dads, man. We are girl. I'm, I'm down with that too. I'm I totally, love it. I love I'm it. I, it's I'm a phenomenal it. movement. I'm with it. My mom told me, she's like, the minute I found out I you guys are girls. pregnant, she's like, I was so worried you're going to have a boy because I knew you were going to destroy him if you had a boy. <laughs> <laughs> the girls, I'm like, oh, I'm like, it's all good. It's all cool. But I do that. On, I do that on the law. Girls are awesome. The girls I, are awesome. My mother always told me, she said, you, you ain't never going to have you know no what? boys. But like, you're going like, to have all know, girls. You know, you know what? That's a good conversation. So like, all right, so you're a strong dude, strong dude, H, me. We have these strong females. They're being brought up by these strong men. Triple so threat. What's the future's gonna happen? What is the future gonna happen emotionally by these these young girls being brought up by these strong men? Let's be honest about this, and this is hard to say because it's like a flip. You understand what I'm saying? Like, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like all of us, and there's plenty of dudes out there that have girls that are alpha males. Alpha males because they were scumbags, right? And that's we karma. I wouldn't Being say scumbag. Girl. We you know, we love women. <laughs> AKA. You know what I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting for Chris. <laughs> exactly. We got a lot of love to give. Exactly. Right. And now did I, did I tell you I had to work on Monday? <laughs> <laughs> and now we have been blessed. We have been blessed with yes. female daughters, right? Right. How do we how do we um, bring them up? Be emotional. Here's my response to that, Dre. Right, this, I'm, this, I'm dying here because I'm I'm learning right now. This stings a little bit because I'm raising my girls, right? Yeah, yeah, this yeah. stings a little bit because biologically and just part of our evolutionary who we are, mm-hmm. men and women parent very differently. So there are only so many things as a male that we can provide emotionally for our for our daughters. Absolutely. It's like a boy and their mom. Okay, a mom can tell their son how to treat other women, but they can't show them because they're not a man. Mm. So it's like, do as I say, not as I do, whatever, however you want to call that. Right. As a male raising a daughter, as a as a woman raising a boy, there's only so many things. Like my daughter's going through female issues. Okay, whatever, call them female issues. I can't say from firsthand experience how they should respond to those things because I've never been there. Gotta make a call. Right. Right. 
So then I rely on them to say, okay, this, I've never experienced this before, but this is what I ask of you. If it's, if it's pain, that's not normal, whatever. So again, when it gets back to man versus woman, we parent very differently. And this is not in a negative way, go away, bad way, whatever it is. We just parent. It's part of who we are. So again, women are going to be more compassionate, more empathetic, where the guys are just going to be like, go do what you got to do. Fix it. It's critical thinking stuff. So there's no right or wrong, but the issue is it's about being in touch with the emotion. And I think as guys, we're just raised and we're, it's assumed that guys don't have emotions, which is very, very inaccurate. As a matter of fact, men and women, boys and girls, I should say, up until the age of 13, studies have shown that men, boys and girls have the very, very, very same emotions to everything. They cry the same, they do all that kind of stuff. It's about Mm. the age of 12 or 13 where they start to kind of veer off. And boys especially are taught boys don't cry. Gotcha. That's an issue. Okay, that's an issue to raise boys thinking it's not okay to cry or it's not okay to show emotion. Right. You guys know this. That's the way boys are brought up. They're brought up like, hey, dude, suck it up. You got to be a man. That's exactly right. Well, what are we doing now? We're suppressing something. It's like when you sneeze. Right. Remember when you're a kid? Don't hold in your sneeze. When you sneeze, you hold in your lungs are going to collapse. It's the same damn thing with emotions. Right. So now you have this generation that does not have any way to express the emotion they hold it in. It just, it just riles up, just keeps going. All of a sudden, one thing triggers it. On top of all these other things, no male role model, mental incapacity, a means to commit something. It now overflows and goes absolutely bonkers. Right. Why? Because they haven't been taught a way to express it. It's a volcano erupting. It is. An emotional <sighs> vocabulary. Our right. kids need wow. to be taught an emotional vocabulary. We have no training on this. Teach them how to deal with the emotion. It's okay what you're feeling. It's how you respond to it. Everything you feel is okay. It's how you respond to that. Just because you're angry doesn't mean you punch somebody in the face. Absolutely. Just because you're sad doesn't mean, it, 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 nope, we're not taught this. Oh my God, I'm talking a lot. Amazing. Chris, can you save me? Do you got music going on by there? Oh, you're killing it right Amazing. now. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Fired. Shots fired. There you go. I love that gunshot. That's, there's nothing like it. I keep looking for Hockley's on, by the way. You remember Hockley's out there? He was all jacked up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, Ed Hockley. Ed Hockley. Yes. Mm-hmm. His son, his son's jacked. He's his son actually. Is he? Up. Yeah, his son's jacked up too. He's supposed to be his Ed Hockley's son. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you got no choice. Right. <laughs> what you're saying is amazing. Nah, that's needs um, to be heard. I appreciate that, Dre. It needs you. to be heard. Yeah, I feel like, you know what? It's like birds of feather flock together. Yeah, we need to, we need to re- hit that reset emotionally. And you know what's funny? The first time you called me, like last week or whatever. So that's that's how Dre and I met. So we were a mutual friend, obviously Kent over at mm-hmm. Life Med, who's legit. Life Med. We message a couple times, whatever. Then I get like I don't talk to anybody on Facetime, right? So I see him coming in Facetime, I'm like oh he must have butt dialed me. But I'm like hold up, iPhones don't let you butt dial. So I'm like I know he's not butt. Right. He, he sees me, I'm like gang 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 gang. <laughs> but it's so funny because this is I guess maybe it's like being in tune with like being very self aware and like knowing people when I meet people I can instantly assess them. Right. It's like the millisecond I talk with them, I'm like yeah, this guy's legit. Like we're just gonna we're just gonna mend. You know what I mean? And I Absolutely. feel like it's that way when you meet somebody. Same when I walked in with you guys, right? right. Open arms. I love that stuff and I knew it. And it's like, you know what? I just love being around people like that because no matter what, it's like we all got the same damn thought process. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We all got the same thought process. So everybody kind of thinks the same way. It's surrounding yourself with people that think the same way. Absolutely. And then just taking that and spreading it out to everybody else. It's about like-minded, like-minded individuals. 100%. And at the core of what we do, we love, we love being parents. We love being decent human beings. Let's start spreading the love. Let's start Akuna Matata. Right. Love. It's no worries. It means no worries. And you know what? It's so easy to be nice. It's a lot easier to be nice than it is to be mean. It's free. It's too much energy to be mean and negative. It takes a lot out of you. But it's free to be nice. It is. It's so free. 
You know the other thing about that too? I don't care if you're rich, if you're poor, if you're smart, if you're dumb, if you're good looking, if you're bad looking, if you're short, if you're tall. Everybody can be nice. It's like having a clean house. I don't give a damn where you live. I don't care how much square footage you got. You can keep your house clean. Absolutely. I love a clean house. <laughs> don't come to my house, Dre. My house is jacked up. Trying to get my daughter's. She want to drive. My daughter. I didn't let her drive. 16. I mean, you can't remember the dishwasher. I'm not going to let you drive. Maybe wait till she was 17. She was hating me. Gosh, she hated me. They're going to hate me because as soon as they get 10, 11, washing dishes, yes. uh, doing laundry, everything. You earn everything you get in my household. I, I, it tastes better that way. You heard that Jeezy song? Um, who's in the Jeezy song? He's like, um, having a roof over my head was my allowance. I love that part of the song. Mars. That's yeah. great. Having a roof over my head was my allowance. Absolutely. That's hardcore stuff. That's coming from the ground, the gutter. That's exactly right. That's what he said. Like, as part of... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? As part of that song is what he said. Like he said, like his mom, I forget it was a Jeezy song, and he talks about his mom was like cleaning houses, whatever. And he said, having a roof over my head was my allowance. I love, love, love. I play that for my girls. I'm like, you hear this? You hear what he's saying right here? The fact that he's doing what he has to do just to keep a head over his house, to keep a roof over his head. Yeah. I'm not trying to get money for what I'm doing. I'm trying to help you by doing the dishes because I know you're out there busting your ass every day. Absolutely. How about that? I'm not gonna cut the grass because I won't get paid. I'm gonna cut the grass because you've been working all damn week and I'm gonna help you out. Exactly. Yeah. Parent 101. And that's what you got to do. It's all kids need. Love, attention, affection. Hard work at Love, them. attention, affection. It's all they need. That's, that's I'm telling you right now, you put any kid, in, it goes back to nature versus nurture. So I'll ask you guys this question. Baby born today, mom, dad, they're both addicts. Not specifically the fact that she was addicted or she was on drugs when the baby was born. If you have a child born to two parents that are both addicts and you take them out of that environment and automatically place them in a household with, with us as parents in a normal, loving, caring household, non-addiction, whatever, which one supersedes which? So nurture. You think nurture? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? In other words, does DNA supersede? It's like the pit bull analogy. You have a pit bull, it's a killing dog. You put that pit bull as a puppy, put it in the household with love. Right. Does he ever fight other dogs, whatever? Which one do you think? You think nature or nurture? Which one overrides which? Nurture. Nurture. You think that too? I think I can go both ways. Because if you think about this, you have the DNA of a person. Think about athletes, like professional athletes. Like how does a professional athlete have a child that's automatically good at whatever they do? But you need a little bit of both to mold it correctly. I agree with that. Exactly. But I agree with that. But which one supersedes which, I think, is the- The nature. The nature. Yeah. I don't the right or wrong answer. It's not a right or wrong answer, but I think the nature more importantly, because it, it, it supersedes the nurture because that's a part of the grooming process. Agree. And of course the nurture that's given, that's, that's, I mean, it's given, but the nature that's the grooming process and, and molding that individual, giving them that foundation. So it's, it's not what you were born into is how we're going to nature and, and, and also nurture you and groom you to, Provide that product and send you out there. To help you be who you're going to be. Look at Ben Carson. Ultimately. Ben Carson's mom could not read. Okay, she could not read. Right. She made him read book, a book a week, and write a book report on that book. She didn't know what the hell she, she couldn't read. She made him read, <laughs> read a book and write a book report. She had no idea what he was talking about. No clue. Doesn't matter. Look at Ben Carson. That is a, an absolute, and you talk about selfless love. You take his mom right. who couldn't even read and her own son didn't know that she made him, she made him think like, I can read whatever, write, read this book, write this, whatever. That is a pr absolute prime example of just, just 
unconditional love for your child absolutely and wanting nothing as a parent is not what it's all about yeah. don't doesn't every single parent want their child to do better than what i want my child to do 10 times better than i did absolutely, absolutely. i hope they i hope they i hope they look back at me and be like damn dad like i'm sorry we grew up in a horrible household like meanwhile i'm doing all right right i want them to look back and be like oh my goodness like i'm getting it i'm getting it in now whatever every yeah. parent wants that absolutely it's not rocket science it's really not it's commitment though mm. spitting facts it's commitment. A lot of facts. Sticking to it. How long do we have for this show? It's like whatever is, you want. Is whatever it we want? Is it Monday? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling bad about this bottle of Tito's. You know what I'm saying? Here. It's all you, baby. Dre's like, look, I got you this bottle for the next week. I'm like five minutes in. I'm like, all right. Mm. That's for you. That's for you. <laughs> Listen, Eric, you, you you gotta come back, bro. I you know what? Absolutely. You gotta come back. Do you know what I love? I love being around people. Don't don't forget about us. Don't forget about us. <laughs> Come on, who's forgetting about who? I'm not going eight. I, I I love being around people who make me feel good. Absolutely. Take us to the top with you, baby. I'm 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 hitching your ride for Yo, that. Yo, close Absolutely. close us out real quick. You know what I'm saying? You want me to close you out? Yeah, yeah close, close us out. This is the first time somebody's ever closed us out. Close, close us out. out. Hey yo, uh trip triple C. Gotcha. He knows what he's doing. Give Eric that going going away music. You're phenomenal. You guys are too nice. Give, I, give Eric that going. You got to come music. back, though. <laughs> like, like my man H said, you got to come back. You got to come back, baby. With an intro like I got tonight. People you know got why? Because there's so many layers to you. I think we only ripped, I think we only ripped like one or two layers. Right. There's so many layers to you that you can offer back. It's like an onion. Exactly. It is an onion. It's like Shrek. Right. This is some hardcore music, hardcore intro. I believe you like it. That? <laughs> I do like this. This is how we close it out, baby. I believe it with us. Tell us some emotional sign, like no, no, just let him do what he do. What, just sign. do what you do. Well, my fault. Yeah, you're right. I believe that we all need to get back to loving, caring, kindness, compassion, empathy. Mm. Every single person, regardless of what you believe in, where you come from, what you do. We have got to start assuming that the person next to us wants to be our friend and wants to be nice to us and wants to be kind to us. Love, compassion, affection. It's what every child needs. And we have got to get the word out from the rooftops. We've got to start reaching out to more people. It's the whole philosophy of like, I tell you, but it's when you tell 10 other people is where the impact really starts to come from. Absolutely. So situ scenarios, shows, whatever you want to call it like this, that are out there spreading good true peace love kindness compassion it's mr rogers style a beautiful day in the neighborhood because they just called me out saying i never watched a movie like i watched titanic in a movie theater but then i did watch i did watch tom hanks actually which is a very good movie if we can all get back to emotional intelligence and loving each other this place is a love a huge love fest this is 1960s stuff make love not war love peace dot micro dot yeah holla that being said i love you guys love you more bro I love everything about what you're doing. I would love to be a part of this moving forward. Chris got the Enter Sandman back there, and I feel like I'm on like an episode of like, um, what's it like, Matchmaker or something with this music playing in the background. <laughs> it's amazing. Like what's behind door number two. Right. And there's also alcohol involved. This is officially the first show I've ever done where there's alcohol involved, and I think I like it. I'm proud of you. We're here for that. I think you should do that more here. I feel like I've just like kind of like broke my fever. Absolutely. <laughs> I've sweated it out. Now I'm there ready to start slugging alcohol. Absolutely. <laughs> and I didn't F-bomb once. Nice. Not once. Not once. And I normally don't. I learned that back in 1996. 
Right. I'm like all the Marine Corps. They're like, do not say the F word all That's the time. That's crazy because you're a Marine and you need curse. I don't do it anymore. And it's oh. all about the kids, right? All right. I teach my kids, lead by example. Absolutely. If I'm not going to do it, you're not going to do it. Same thing you guys do in leadership, right? I'm not going to ask you to do anything I wouldn't do myself. I wouldn't do myself. That is leadership 101. Absolutely. And cursing is a big part of it. I don't do that. Plus, I don't want to offend Chris as I'm in this house. Right. Thank you for having me, Chris. This is a wonderful setup. It Always. Sometimes, though. Love you guys. You got to come back. You always Love you more, bro. I'm right down the street. I will be here Monday morning after I sober up. Perfect. <laughs> 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 All right. Ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, it's episode 43. Phenomenal. Listen, phenomenal episode. Our brother Eric came through. Listen, don't forget about his book. Everybody get out there and get your copy. The Emotional Marine. All right? He's a mental toughness expert. On Amazon? I'm on Amazon, absolutely. I'm also on my website. Tell them, tell them everything. Tell where, them can where, they find, where can they find That's you, true. bro? Thank you, guys, but I appreciate that. I appreciate you. My book is on Amazon, and then my website's a great place also. It's mentaltoughnessspeaker.com. That's a mouthful. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Catching hate on Twitter because everybody hates. It's all good. Everybody hates on Twitter. I do like to hate. I'm not going to lie. I do like to hate. It's hate, but it's a whole lot more love. If you're paying me that much attention, there's for a damn reason. Absolutely. Right. I'm giving you a reason to hate, baby. I'll take the attention. Anyway. All day, every day. But I'm not coming back at you. I'll leave you with a quote. Never, ever, ever argue with stupid people. They will drag you down to their level and beat you with experience. Mm. Mm. I live by that. I'm not going to slig mum with you. Mm. Not, not slinging mud That's why I tell the shows ago, I'm not slinging mud mm. The minute I upset somebody And get them intoxicated in emotion They're going to start hating Not participating in that Have a nice day We'll have a decent conversation <laughs> There goes the bomb again I'm not participating in that No we're not doing that Pigs like to play in mud Absolutely I like to, I like to play in love <laughs> got, some, yeah, love, got some Barry White You know what I'm saying yeah, with love, <laughs> love that Alright everybody That's episode 43 we appreciate you. We love you. Be safe. Thank you. And we'll see you next week. 43 is coming up next. Peace and love. The views and opinions expressed on the Silverback Podcast are those of the hosts, producers, and or the persons appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the federal state or local government. This includes, but not exclusive to the department of defense and or the Baltimore city police department.